The Solid 7 Podcast is fueled by Jocko Go. Engineered for anyone who wants to get after it in life, pre-meeting, pre-testing, pre-negotiation, or pre-mission. If you're looking for an extra cognitive or physical edge, Jocko Go is your force multiplier. With 95 milligrams of caffeine and zero sugar, the keto-friendly Jocko Go will give you a physical and cognitive boost without the crash that you experience with average energy drinks. Visit JockoFuel.com today, and you can use our promo code SOLID7, that's S-O-L-I-D-7, to get 10% off your order. Get on the path and get after it. Oh, and because lawyers exist, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, hello, and welcome back, world, to a Solid 7 podcast, a better than average podcast, if I do say so myself, and I do. This isn't a show about nothing, but it's also not a show about any one thing. Each week, I do this, normally better than that, uh, and uh, get together with a guest, talk about whatever's going on in the world that interests us, and this week is no different, as we welcome back podcast regular. John Reyes, welcome back, buddy. Hello. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Kale, king of all podcast hosts. Overdue, <laughs> if only, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> so, we were we were just talking some uh, behind-the-scene pod uh, business before Indeed. we got going here, but uh, not not John's first time here, which means you know the drill. First thing we got to do, get out of the way. Uh, the only thing that makes a podcast successful is, of course, being fueled by uh, Jocko Go. So uh, there we go. Any further ado. Cheers, sir. Cheers. I'm back to uh, one of my OGs here in orange this week. So hat tip. Marine aviator, Dave Burke, wherever you're at, sir. Open invite to the podcast. As always, as we consume your uh, delicious afterburner orange flavor of Jocko. Orange. Is that because I've, I've not yet had the orange. Is that one of the better ones? Well, here's the thing. Uh, you know, we're we're real here on the Solid 7 podcast. Yeah. No sugarcoat much. You haven't been the biggest fan of the Jocko Ghost, John. Yeah, well, I mean, um, that that uh that and, is a true statement. And listen, that's fair, right? Not everything is for everyone. That's that's fair. Uh, yes. Um, but it's been a while since you've been in studio with me here. Yeah. Now, so John's uh one of a member of our awesome stable of podcast regulars here. Uh, and that said, John's had a lot going on. I've been traveling, and so he's a little outside of his normal cycle. It's been a while since we've had him on, so it's been even longer since you've been in studio with me. And so yeah. I don't think, and regular listeners, I'll, I'll be brief because I know you have to hear me rant and rave all the time <laughs> about the new improved Jocko Go flavors. But, John, you have not yet had a new improved Jocko Go. And I'm telling you, dude, it's a brave new world. Okay, uh, compared to the old ones, it's... It's night and day. It's, it's night. Not, and, oh, well, it's that's not, all I needed to hear. Then the exception of mango, which was already the best one, so there uh-huh. wasn't as much room to improve. Got it's it. A, it's a different product. It's Got a, it. It's a different dude. I'm telling you. So whereas in the old formulations, regular listeners will know, um, mango was best in class. Hot on the heels were uh, were orange and uh, apple, sour green apple, sour sniper, or sour. Yeah, either way, it's green apple. It's <laughs> Sour apple sniper. Um, and then it, it fell off pretty quickly after that. You know, everybody, some people liked some other flavors and to each his own, but fell off pretty quick after that. Mm. Almost everything's a top contender now. 
Tropic Tropic Thunder, the uh, the pina colada flavored one. I, I mean, right up there. Watermelon, right up there. No. Oh. New flavor, pink lemonade, right up there. I can't. Well, I can't pick a favorite. You've got me interested. I'll be making a stop at my local oh. still Wawa. Still. So, oh yeah, always. Okay, good, good. Wawa good. Okay. vitamin shop. Um, Wawa won't have the pink lemonade. I think you either got to go to uh, to jockofuel.com. You can use yeah. our solid seven promo code. Get yourself ten percent off there. Of course, S O L I D seven. Get I you ten percent off that. anything, not just the Jocko Go. So you can get the pink mist lemonade there, and I recommend that you do. Um, it is also available, I believe, from Amazon, where I get nothing, and they shortchange, uh, you know, Jocko Fuel as well. But hey, if you yep. got to buy from Amazon, buy from Amazon, uh, and then Vitamin Shop has it where again i get nothing but at least they still pay uh jack <laughs> fuel fairly true so, but yeah the the, the pink lemonade it's, it's yeah cool. I'm, I'm gonna stop in for it i really will because lately i mean I'm, I'm not an energy drink guy in in general but what i've been using for pre-workouts has been drinks like that so i won't name them because they're the they're the competition but yeah. You know, whatever those, those skinny cans that you know that category of drinks. So I'd love to put Jocko in there. You know, if the if the flavor is a ton improved, um, Jocko, even though listen, I, but by by no means that like, they also have um, a rock solid pre. See, this uh, is my thing, man, and I I don't know if you're gonna call me like a wimp or or whatever. Or anybody's listening, you you can call me that if you want to. But pre pre workouts, they just freak me out, kind of man. They really do, and and I work out often, like just the idea of. I just, I follow like Andrew Huberman. He's, he's done like a lot of studies on yeah. sleep and just the brain in general. And he really suggests like toning down caffeine intake, like a solid, like seven or eight. It's funny. Solid seven, solid seven or eight hours before bed. And, um, I can't picture doing a pre-workout at five thirty after work and being okay for when it's time to shut my eyes. So I don't really mess with it, but yeah. So I'll stick to the, you know, the, the Jocko goes of the world. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you say you don't like feeling jittery and stuff, and I know I promised to be brief and not do a whole Jack Go commercial, but of the energy drinks, the the levels of of, of caffeine and stimulants in this are are so um, superior to everything else. And normally, when you say superior around something like this, you mean way more five hundred. No, it's ninety five milligrams of caffeine. It's a it's a cup of coffee. There's some nootropics in there. There's some amino acids in there. There's some B vitamins in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it'll perk you up, but it's nice and smooth. It's not jittery, uh, and it tastes uh, it tastes delicious. Electrolytes, all that stuff. So well, there we and, go. An un- unintentional furthered commercial for it. I love that. Now, if I sound a little out of my element, if I sound a little thrown off uh, <laughs> today, it's because I am because. Um, because I listen, I don't know. I don't know if people have have picked up on this about me, but I'm a giver. Um, and uh, you know, some of the normal recording times that I offer, um, to get around the the schedule with my children and all that stuff, uh, it just didn't work for John. I'm like, you know what, John? Oh, I'll make it. I'll make it work. So. <laughs> at any point, any point, my amazing, adorable, wonderful, and yet slightly loud uh, and rambunctious children will burst through the door of my home. And in an effort to not subject you, the podcast guest, <laughs> or the listeners to that noise, I, I have posted up a podcast studio 
<laughs> in my closet with many, many doors between me uh, oh, and the, wow. the rest of the house. But what's what's crazy is a lot of people like we had, a, uh, you know, we had Jeannie Drado on a few episodes ago, a professional voice actress. And she was actually in her studio. A lot of people that do work like this from home will post up in their closet because it's basically a natural sound booth because yep. all the clothes, all the fabric absorb everything. Yeah. But so I'm used to recording in a much more live space where the sound comes back at you a lot more. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's just kind of like being in a, in a black hole in here. Do you at prefer all. it though? What, how, how do you feel about that? Do you prefer this new experience? Um, this is, uh, you know, the old, the OG sound guy in me, uh, yeah. once upon a time knows this is going to generate superior audio. Um, but not doing this all the time. It's a little off putting, not hearing things come back at you. Uh, so you kind of prefer that, that element of getting a little feedback of what you're, what you're saying. I like that. I prefer it, but it's certainly what you're used to maybe. And then of course, like, like much of the world, uh, you know, everybody's sick everywhere right now. Um, could be COVID could not be because let's be honest, none of us are taking tests unless somebody makes us at this point. So I don't uh, by any stretch of the imagine, uh, think or believe that I, I have COVID and nothing would indicate that I do, but something has cycled through the kids and it landed on me and I woke up with it, just a raging sore throat, like sore throat so bad that it woke me up like an hour early and couldn't get back to sleep, which is That's just wonderful. Not a pretty feeling. And, I know uh, the feeling well. Because, um, you know, because when we're sick, we all think we're, we're doctors. So I looked at the back of my throat myself and I don't see like pus or anything. So I don't think it's strep. Nothing else is going on, but I'm like, ah, John, let's, let's do this over the old, the old riverside. The old riverside. And, uh, that way, if you do get sick, you at least can't blame it on me. And this way, of course, you know, <laughs> uh, always great to have guests in studio. Uh, but. It's also uh, awesome to have uh, the Patreon supporters be able to listen in live, which now now they can since we're on Riverside. So, Patreon, if you're out there, welcome. Enjoy. <laughs> so, how's it going, man? It's been a, been a long time. It seems... Uh, sorry about that. I was, uh, I was sipping my Jocko. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, <clears throat> I, I don't want you to forget um, our most recent experience um, and just, just how, well, just how shocking it was um, to, to kind of be in that position. So, um, yeah, I don't want to say too much because remember that, that portion's on the Patreon exclusive part of that episode. But, uh, yeah, man, it was, uh, it, was, it was a good time last time. Um, when was that, though? That wasn't that long ago. It's, it's been a while. So, um, with the exception, a little inside baseball here uh, on the podcast, with the exception of Becca, uh, most of the regulars I shoot for around a 13 week rotation, which means regulars should pop up about four times a year, which I think is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I know that with everything you had going on when that 13 week mark, uh, came around, uh, we just couldn't find a slot that worked. So it's been longer than that. Longer than the 13 weeks. That's wild. Yeah. So longer than three months. Yeah. Wow. That is, I could trippy. be lying. I could be off on my math. Cause I'm, I'm not looking at my booking spreadsheet. Yeah. Right yeah. That's okay. The general idea. Yeah. No, that, that, that it's interesting. Sometimes yeah. things seem like they were a really long time ago and then it turns out they weren't. And then the other way around, 
Um, but, uh, no, yeah, been, been good since then. Um, I know at that point we kind of talked a little bit about the ins and outs and details of, uh, kind of my, you know, moving quote unquote situation. At this point, I have a bit more of a timeline mapped out of that, which is great. Um, but you know how life is, right? You make your plans and then God smiles at you and says, okay, buddy, we'll see what actually, (laughs) what actually goes down. Um, so that being said, um, the job that I formerly did that we've discussed a, f- a few times about the products and you know, all the stuff with the cars, um, I actually am stepping away from that position uh, here in uh, a couple days, actually. So, well, actually, technically, my last day was today. Um, I mean, I, I, I didn't even get my windows done yet, dude. You know what, man? I still know people. I could still make a phone so, call or two. As a matter so, of fact, no, no, no. I listen. I, I so truly, you. I truly, I truly do. You know what? I thought about you, and I was like, I gotta get Kale. I got, I gotta make Kale mad. Let me just not. <laughs> so, no, but I do still have the number of the tint guy there. So, if you're looking for business, or if anybody's looking for business, um, I know a really awesome tint guy I can uh, hook you up with. But, uh, anyways, uh, moving away from that chapter and uh, still rocking sales, going to be doing it remotely though. So that's a little, a little more comfortable for the kind of vision and dream that I have for my uh, my next endeavor, which is seriously going all in on uh, like I discussed with you before, like the MMA content and, and things of that nature. I'm uh, I'm just as of yesterday officially kind of renting out a new space that I'm going to use for that, um, and uh, and we'll see kind of how that goes. Um, it also could be a potential place to actually fully transition to and move into and, and, uh, you know, have kind of a little roommate situation going on here. Um, but, uh, yeah, just kind of eyeballing that opportunity just cause that's going to really help grow that horizon of that, uh, that, that content that I so badly want to do. And man, like, you, you know, it's so funny, like as time goes on, I don't know, you know, how specifically our, our listeners, you know, keep up with the UFC, but, um, but my goodness, every time I think there's going to be a lull in in potential content, and for that matter, you know what I mean, like a lull in actual pay-per-views and exciting fights, man, they get me every time. It's truly become one of my favorite just things in life to consume in terms of content. It's right up there with Solid 7 Podcast. So, you know, I, I, so I, I don't know. I just very much enjoy it. Uh, this past Saturday night, the uh, middleweight championship was fought for, and it was it actually ended up trading hands. Uh, and uh, you know that's Israel Adesanya who who lost the title, um, which is crazy because he's had it for so long. And so that that type of anticipation, I mean, I know that sounds super simple, but for those listening, that is the literal like full sum of why my interest is as peaked as it is simple things like that a, a champion who was champion for a while potentially losing his title and then that night comes and he does so i love it man excited to make stuff out of it yeah mma is something i mean we've talked some about it here on the podcast i, I think uh, often on on your episodes is, is when it's come up and uh, it's one of those things where i don't i i'm in i'm intrigued by it i'm a fan of it i don't follow um, super, you know, I kind of ebb and flow with it, right? Some periods are just, uh, more interesting than others. Certainly, uh, Connor piqued a lot of people's interest when he was, yeah, that's, yeah. uh, you know, Connor McGregor, where even if you're not into MMA at this point, you probably know, um, who Connor is, but you know, for whatever reason, you don't see, uh, a ton of, of crossover stars, um, with it though, uh, you see a lot of crossover now with stars going, I mean, uh, UFC, wherever it's at, the fights are, are the hottest ticket and there's, uh, without fail, a list celebrities there to watch. Um, and it just, it's an interesting sport. It's definitely got, um, you know, it's, it's like, it's like all sport, I guess, really in the sense that, um, 
you know, whatever the rankings are, whatever the ratings are, uh, you know, whatever the, the betting shows, everybody's got a puncher's chance. Right. Right. And it's no matter how you think a fight's going to go, you really don't know. You, you yeah. really don't know until, until they fight. Ugh. And, uh, it's, it's when those surprises come, uh, that it, it really, uh, you know, earns its paycheck. I, sure. I honestly like this. The surprises are, it's so funny because there's several things in, within MMA. Like, oh, I, for those listening, I cannot tell you how much I love this thing. Like, it, it's so cool to have a modern day because it reminds me of childhood, right? Like that awe that you have for whatever you, you know, what, whatever you have back then. Like, I feel that has been captured within myself in terms of like captivation of a sport and all that. Um, so, but anyways, like, you know, it, it's the surprises. That's definitely one thing. And one of the big reasons to watch because the anticipation of, Hey, any second, anything can happen. You know what I've found is like the even bigger kind of anticipator within myself. It's any situation. And, and this is classic. This isn't any novel thought, but it's when the, the irresistible force meets the immovable object, like the two people that you literally in your mind cannot picture either one of them losing a fight. You just can't fathom it. Right. It's when those two come together and then it's, it's almost like, all bets are off almost in a literal sense. Like I don't have a preference as to who's going to win this fight. I'm just excited to see what the history is going to be, like what history is going to be written right in front of my face. So I don't know. It's really that for me. So my, I remember my first big taste of that. And you, you know, you, you mentioned Connor, but it was Connor Connor versus Khabib back in 2017. I believe it was like that. I couldn't picture either of them losing a fight to the other person. All we had seen Connor lose at that point was against Floyd, uh, which is a totally different sport. You know, but that he, wasn't in 2017. It wasn't that far back, was it? I mean, no. I mean, not that far back. But to be fair, I, I haven't really been a serious fan until honestly, maybe a little bit after that. I think it was when when Connor came back to fight Cowboy Cerrone when when I was really dedicated to it. At that point, I, I was honestly just another casual watching that Khabib fight when it happened. Um, but yeah, that was 2017. That's five years ago, and it wasn't that long ago. But the thing is. He took a break after his fight with Eddie Alvarez when he won the double champ status in New York City. He took a long break after that and then fought Floyd and then came back to fight Khabib. And at that point, the last we saw of Connor was this untouchable, just insane, just specimen before our eyes because he pieced up Eddie Alvarez, who was the champion at the time, in in such easy fashion. So, gosh, that, I that's cannot, kind of that's what was crazy. Like, um, I, I hadn't been into or following MMA for a, for a long time. Uh, and we say MMA, but by and large, unless you're a super fan, it's, it's UFC. Yeah, there, it truly is. There's, yeah. other, there's other promotions, but you really got to get into it to get into any yeah. of that. Um, the, really the only serious competitor <laughs> is Bellator. Right. And, right. um, you know, I, I don't even know what to com- compare it to. It's just, you know, it's like it's like baseball. There were competing leagues before everything unified. Same thing with, you know, with NFL, um, you know, so it's there's some other competing promotions. But really, uh, UFC is where the, the best fighters in the world fight. And uh, I can't remember what I was watching um, or how I ended up watching. But Connor wasn't fighting. Um, I hadn't watched MMA in forever, but Connor mm-hmm. was just in the crowd watching and his narration of the fight, it was in his weight class and his narration of the fight and his reaction and his like calling out the fighters afterwards. There was just, and we, we all see this now. Everybody knows this now. Uh, there's just con- whatever X factor is. Connor has X factor. 
oh, regardless yeah. of fighting, media, <laughs> business, it doesn't matter. Connor has X Factor, and there's just something yeah. about watching this dude who's who's dressed to the nines. Yeah. Um, and uh, you just, I, I'm like, I got to see this guy fight. It's I don't crazy, if, yeah. I don't know if the next fight after that, um, uh, I don't know which one it was. It might have been Aldo. It might have been his fight for the belt. That's what this sounds like. Yeah, because I remember he was in a suit when he watched. I think it was when he watched an Aldo fight before he was up for the title. And so that's when he was back yeah. at 145. Yeah. And so listeners, if you're if you're not into MMA, if you're not into to UFC, that's fine. It, it it's probably if you're somebody who you're you're not into it because it's too violent or bloody, it can be those things. But it's probably really not what you assume it is. I've, yeah, I've always liked correct. Rogan's description the best. Um, which is basically that it's high level chess with dire physical consequences. Um, that might be how he describes jujitsu, but it really applies to, to MMA in general. Yeah. And yeah. so at the time, uh, Jose Aldo had been champ in the weight class for, I don't know, years and years and years. Yep. Um, and it's not just that Connor was fighting and you know, anytime somebody's competing for a championship in any athletic event, it adds grandeur, right? I don't really keep up with the NFL. I'll sit and watch the Super Bowl, though. You know, it's kind of that deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it takes on a different level. But, like, Connor comes out, and, I mean, he he freaking Babe Ruth's this thing in yeah, MMA. He says exactly what he's going to do, how he's going to do it, and how quick he's going to do it. <laughs> and he laid the dude out in 13 seconds. It's and just unreal. you know it's not just hype. You know it's not just coincidence because you can see him practicing the exact move that he laid Aldo out with That's crazy. in the locker room before <laughs> yeah. the fight. That footage exists. He knew exact. He knew how Josie was going to approach him or he knew his tendencies and he knew what he was going to do. And he has a magical left hand that works on everybody but Nate Diaz and Khabib <laughs> put people to sleep. It is, it's the human equivalent of NyQuil oh, man. And, uh, and it just puts people to sleep. Littler people, big guys. No, little, yeah, right, 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 right. And, uh, and so it was just, there was just some, some magic to, to watching him. And he did just elevate trash talk to an art form. Went a little too far sometimes. Yeah, t- towards the end, right? But 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 in the middle, I would say in the prime of what he was doing, that was insane. He, he had a very tasteful balance. Yeah, I, I will say though, it's um, you know, and you see this in all kinds of things. But Connor was like poor. He's from he's Irish, uh, McGregor, right? He's from Ireland. He was on like their equivalent of welfare or food stamps. Right. He's scraping to, to get by, and he was just hungry. Literally, figuratively, every every form of yeah, hunger man. he was, and it took him all the way to the pinnacle of the sport. First, first guy to hold two belts at the same time. Again, there's with Connor. There's always debate. There's always dissension. Right, people. Uh, first guy to hold two two belts at the same time, but like he parlayed his success into the ring into success almost everywhere else. He's had his troubles and may or may not have punched some old dude in a bar who was talking trash. Yeah. Uh, you know, may or may not have stepped out on. I still don't know if he's married to uh, the mother uh, of his children or yeah, if they're just no one together. really knows. Yeah, it's, it's um, weird. Who knows what their arrangement is, you know, whatever. It's interesting, um, yeah. But, I mean, he's just 
parlayed it into success elsewhere, where I believe at least on paper, which is not the same thing as Scrooge McDuck swimming through a pile of coins, but on paper, I believe Connor is worth over a billion dollars now. Yeah. And when you've got that kind of money, you're just not as hungry. Um, and it, it shows when he fights now. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an unfortunate truth that I've, you know, because of my fandom, I've tried to like deny or, or consider him the exception to that reality. But I just, I don't think it's, I don't think it, I think it's silly to pretend like that's not what's happened. Because yeah. I mean, if you, if you just, just look at the results, right? Like it, it just goes that way and look at the amount of time that's passed too. It just makes sense. Yeah. His physical form reflects it. And I don't just mean like his conditioning physically in terms of body fat percentage or things like that. I mean, literally the, the way he approaches fights psychologically is not as artful as it used to. It's not, you're just, you hit the nail on the head when you said hunger, it, it's just, just simply yeah. not there. I mean, having a deep hunger in any form is going to result in the behavioral adaptation to try and solve the issue of that, of that hunger. That's what happened back then in his prime. He adapted, he, he was hungry, starving, right? So he went and trained countless hours. He talked about that. I, I believe it was on um, one of those late night shows, Jimmy Kimmel, it might've been, um, but he just talked about how, you know, he doesn't even believe in talent. He's, he says, there's no such thing as talent. It's just, it's, it's obsession. It's only obsession. He talks about that. And it's like, well, look at that. Look at the contrast of, of work ethic. And, but like you yeah. said, man, you can't really blame him. It's just, that's what, that's what would happen to anyone. Well, and the problem is this is the constant struggle of, um, athletics is that, um, age is kinder to some sports than others. Um, and it's not, it's not kind two fighters. And I mean, these are guys that are taking legit battle damage and not dissimilar to, I mean, you, you look at the lifespan, the work span of like NFL linemen. It ain't pretty, mm-hmm. right? There's not, a, not a lot of guys collecting their pension after 20 years in the league. You know what I'm saying? Not, not playing the line, um, you know? And so um, the challenge is it, it's hard, like, there's always this debate, right? Who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Yeah, that's yeah, Michael Jordan. It's 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 Jordan and LeBron. That's going to be the argument. Maybe yeah. some coke sprinkled in there. But part of what's so hard to like the math that's funky there, right? Is they're playing in different sports essentially. Yeah. Like the difference in the times that they're playing in the leagues, it's hard to to compare, right? And that's why you can you can find stats to support in both ways. Well, it's no different with the fighting, and so. Um, you know, listeners, whereas you've probably heard of Conor McGregor, even if you're not uh, an MMA fan, you, you most likely haven't heard of Khabib Nurmagomedov. Yeah. Yeah. Nurmagomedov. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. So your this point, is the, the case in point. Yeah. This is this dude from Dagestan. Uh, you can look it up just like everybody else has had to, that's ever heard of Dagestan. And, uh, his, his specialty is a, a form of wrestling called Samba, uh, incredibly, incredibly effective. And, uh, Dagestanis don't lose their hunger. <laughs> These are hard, hard people. Oh, and, man. um, and so Khabib had an incredible fight career and was kind of ascending and, and at his prime and not losing that hunger at the point that Connor ran up against him. And I just wish, and we're never going to get to see it uh, unless Connor had all of his money in FTX and then maybe he'll get hungry again, (laughs) but uh, we're never going to see it. But I just wish I would have liked to have seen young, hungry Connor fight Khabib. 
That's all. I'll never oh, get man. it. But I wish oh I could man, it. you're you're really you can't do this to me, man. You can't. <laughs> that is so. I don't know why I've never thought about that. Yeah. That's the, crazy. The, I don't believe anyone. I don't believe anyone beats the the Conor McGregor that beat Jose Aldo and that beat <laughs> Alvarez. Anyone? No, no. The, I am with you to the highest degree, but like. You've got me I like mean, shaking when, comparing when the I, Khabib though to that. When I say anyone, I don't think GSP beats him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, prime to prime. Now again, it, you know, MMA is weird. It's it's like boxing. And there's not as many weight classes, but you're fighting weight classes, right? So right. it gets tough to compare. You know, a 155 pound guy to a 250 pound guy. That's just a different beast. Right. Um, but certainly within a weight class or two, yeah. I, I don't know that 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 Connor that won those belts. Uh, I don't know that anyone beats him. That's so interesting. And guys, everyone listening, please, if you're not into MMA, especially like just go on YouTube and just look up like any of the multiple high quality, like fan made edits of Connor's career, like it, from front to back, like everything that Kale just said about how he was a he was a, he was a plumber. And like how one day he, this is real life stuff, you guys, but this is what makes it so special. And Connor's only one example. The reason I'm so into MMA is because there are several smaller versions of Connor in terms of the, you know, notoriety of their story, but still it's their story nonetheless. And when you know that going into a fight night, knowing the implications that this fight night has on the timeline of their life, it's a huge, huge, huge thing. So I just encourage everyone listening, please go, go watch it, go watch Connor and get into it. And if your reason for getting into it is Connor, then you're no different from me. Cause really Connor's what got me into it as well. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. The, um, the sport really needs a Connor right now and they might have it in Patty. That's interesting to think about, man. With Patty, I don't, I don't know. You know, did you see what happened to Molly this this past weekend? I mean, his his, uh, his I, friend. I didn't. I I didn't watch this weekend. I I caught that she, you know, I caught that she lost. But yeah, he lost. I don't. I don't know that he's a fighter on the level of Connor, but he's he is in the level of X Factor, like the watchability. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. As entertaining, if not more so, out of the ring, uh, out of the octagon than in the octagon. Um, and this, this is a guy, uh, he's a, you know, it's a British guy. He's from Liverpool. He's a scouser. Um, he, he gets, he, he looks like me between fights. Like he plumps, <laughs> he plumps way up, which is not healthy. You cannot cut weight like that too many times yeah. uh, without your body punishing you for it. Um, but he just, he, he talks a big game and then he backs it up. Absolutely. Uh, he he and, truly uh, does. He's fun to listen to. He's fun to watch. He's fun to hear on a podcast. Um, and so there, there's a little bit that, I mean, they, they just lack some big personalities. Yeah. Right now. And, and he could be the future. I think if the bug bit him for, for really getting crazy with the competition and he really stepped up his striking and all that, he's mainly a jujitsu guy, but I mean, if that's going to be the way he gets there, then he could still get there. Cause I mean, the, the crowd goes crazy. Listen, if I was there for a patty fight, I would be just beside myself, man. The, the hey, crowd goes insane. Listen, uh, he'll tell you scousers don't get knocked out. So it's going yeah. to the ground. All he needs yeah. is that's true. Wow. There's, there's more to that statement than I thought. That's crazy. Yeah. He wants uh, to go down to the ground. He did that stuff with the military guys in that video. Um, I think you sent it to me. It was like uh training with, uh, I don't know if it was Marines or what, what branch of the military it was. Do you remember? No, nah, no, I don't. Uh, it was a whole like uh day he spent with them basically going against them in jujitsu and 
they didn't uh, they didn't do too well against him. I think they were some of the newer recruits or something. But uh, but uh, I mean, well, whatever. He's a world class jujitsu. The land of jujitsu is a wild and crazy place, in that yeah. um, you know there there's a saying in the firearms community. Uh, I might botch a little bit. Uh, Second Amendment fans, forgive me, but it's you know God made man and John Browning made man equal, right? <laughs> the idea is like know all the martial arts you want, have all the muscle you want, but if I'm holding the firearm, that's what equalizes that's us. That's correct. Um, and there's a lot of truth to that. But firearms, uh, you know, or weapons aside, uh, jujitsu, uh, it's not even the great equalizer. I mean, it's just the advantage if you're if you're dealing, regardless of size, if you're dealing with someone who who has no jujitsu at all, uh, you have you have the upper hand. One man. Um, and so, the, but the thing that's that's interesting to see with the growth of jujitsu, uh, you know, which is due in large part to the UFC specifically, um, going all the way back to UFC one, um, is you just have these. It's not there are meatheads in jujitsu, but it is not a meathead dominated sport. You have all these because jujitsu is chess. It's physical chess. It's, it's no different than like, uh, you know, they say a, a chess master has, uh, I think it's, you know, 10,000 moves or scenarios on the board memorized. Whereas a grandmaster has a hundred thousand memorized that, that concept of memorizing positions and moves is directly applicable to jujitsu and you just have yeah. these nerd assassins you have these guys um that will step from behind the counter at the geek squad at best buy and take their wireframe glasses off and tie you in knots mm. uh, and what what's funny with jujitsu is um you know when you when you go and train jujitsu your training like it's not that everybody who's training has the intent to kill someone but a lot of what you're practicing, taken to its, you know, without stopping, yeah. you know, taking to its ultimate outcome, could kill someone. I mean, right. a rear naked choke, were you not to release it? And so, um, you know, obviously, you don't. I'm not trying to scare people off jujitsu. You can tap and people let go and whatever. <coughs> uh, not unlike Connor did with Khabib. Hey, yo. Um, <laughs> But uh, it, it's just this this interesting thing, and it is it's physical to be sure. You you want the more in shape you are, the more limber you are, the more strength you have, the more endurance, the better you're going to do. Uh, but you can't do it well, not really well, not top tier level without a brain. You just can't do it. Yeah, that's true. I love it. I love that that description by by Rogan just about the chess thing because like it really is very calculated. And the thing is, the more you learn it too, the more you understand it when you're watching it. That might be another thing that turns people off from the UFC and professional MMA in general is like when they get to the ground, you don't really know what they're doing. There's always that classic case of like the family member casual. Who's like, this is boring. Like, well, they're just laying on each other. You know, that you get that every yeah. once in a while, but you know, when you watch it, when you understand it, it actually becomes pretty cool to, to see the chess kind of happening in front of your well, eyes. And that's, that's the beauty of good commentators, which UFC has the best in the game. Oh, the uh, best. Rogan oh, included is the, the challenge for the color commentators is explaining that helping the, the viewers, understand what's going on in that ground fighting. Right. But even, you know, even the crowd and tickets to UFC fights aren't cheap. Certainly not the pay-per-view fights. You know, the crowd, they've spent a lot of money to be there and they still don't all get it. And if a, a fight spends too much time on the ground, uh, they're going to start booing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If they're not enough action, too much hugging and all that. But 
Yeah. I mean, the more into it you get, though, the more you look at that booing and you're like, oh, come on, guys, stop it. But to your point, those tickets aren't cheap, so they want to get their their actions worth, man. I'm, I'm going December 3rd to Amway. Going like going to an MMA fight is never something that has appealed to me. I feel like it's one of those sporting events where um, like live doesn't offer me anything better than I get at home. I have better lines of sight. Um, I can better see what's going on from yeah. home and not have to put up with traffic and people and overinflated food prices to watch it. Oof. Yeah, yeah. Um, not looking forward to like the bathroom breaks when it's going to yeah. be just overly so, crowded. Um, unless you're going to see me down front by Theo Vaughn or something, and uh, <laughs> we can just yuck it up the whole time. And uh, in that case, sounds like one of the greatest times you could ever have because Theo Vaughn's uh, one of those people I don't feel like is a real person, but I have to remind myself he is. I just like uh, you see him all the time. Like when you see him, he's never not funny when you see him or hear him. Yeah. So I'm like, is that, is that like the times that are broadcast, the times we're allowed to see him and hear him, is that character? Is that shtick? It makes you wonder, right? Because it's just who he is. Is he just this funny? I just, it makes you wonder, man. It's ridiculous. That's talent. Off the cuff stuff. It's the ridiculous stuff. Like, is this material? I'm like, did you jot this in a notebook at some point? And now you just have it all in your head like a sound pad? Oh, man. Or are you coming up with these crazy things? I really the want to know the answer. If you're, if you're not familiar, Theo Vaughn, he actually was on like Road Rules or Real World on MTV back in the day as kind of how he came to some prominence. Uh, and then, you know, he's been through some stuff in life, but he's a, he's a comedian. Now, I think Theo's actually got a podcast or two yep. himself and uh, yep. nothing as, you know, successful or widespread as, as this. Not even close. Um, but uh, he's, a, he's a funny guy. Yeah, I like so. him. Man, all you know, the UFC content talk. I'm happy, man. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just gonna like listen to this episode over and over. <laughs> just, well, you know, it. it's it's funny. You go going into the podcast, you know, even even with the little bit of of shared notes I'll do with with guests or stuff like that, or kind of you just never know what you're actually gonna talk about. You don't know what the day is gonna bring. True, like true. there's stuff that came up today that stuff that happened in the world today, and we're recording a little a little earlier in the cycle than normal, so. Uh, you know, episode 86 dropped yesterday as we're yep. recording. Normally there's yeah. a little more time. <clears throat> so while I could sit here and break some news with you, it's, you know, it'll be out of the news cycle by the time people are listening. I see. Um, uh, smart. But, uh, you know, there's, I had some things I wanted to talk about with UFC and we can still hit on them. I didn't plan to go this in depth, but that's yep. the beauty of some podcast. And that, you know, we kind of talked about uh, Khabib, uh, uh I'm. I don't even care to try and get the last name right. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to. You know. You let know, me just say this real quick. Too, I, I, I don't know if it's too America of me or not. But no, listen, 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 listen. I, I, I listen. Have you ever listened to Chael Sonnen before? Yes, I love Chael. He's, he is the greatest of all time. And his thing is, if you've not made yourself enough of a household name, he will mispronounce your name on purpose. He doesn't care. So to to that effect, like man, don't don't even worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's all He's good. A, as Chael listeners, he, he's a former fighter himself. He's a commentator, and he's just well-known for his trash oh, A lot of it's stick, a lot of it's character, but yeah, just yeah, yeah. few people, if any, do it any better than, than Chael does. And so so Khabib's from Dagestan, um, right? Dagestan, yeah, which I believe is a former USSR territory. The the dude's Russian in all but name only. Um you know, to the extent that it, it matters to you, he's he's Muslim as well, as many people in that area are, um, you know, and so it, it really it's the Russian thing that gets to me, though. It's like I just wanted to see him lose whenever he fought. 
And that's just, <laughs> I'm a child of the eighties, right? I, I grew up on, you know, movies where the Russians were the bad guys, yeah. you know, like Rocky. And you just like, especially if he was fighting an American, I'm like, I just want to see. Yeah, see man. Him. There's nothing no wrong, wrong with that. And, uh, and so the, the Dagestanis, they're, they're just interesting people. And again, Samba is the, it's, uh, you know, it's wrestling, it's martial arts. It's kind of its own, own style. Yeah. It is not like, if you think two guys going to the ground and jujitsu is boring, let me tell you Samba, not for you. I, yeah. Hey, I get it. His job was to win and Khabib won. Uh, I'll say it right now. Khabib is a boring fighter to watch. Well, he's, he's on a the borderline of boring. Fighter watch well he look he's boring when he actually is having trouble beating a person like when it's a competitive fight oh he's boring as all get out but yeah. yeah never did much for me but what does do something for me and for a lot of people and this is something i actually intended to talk with you about this evening because i know you're a big fan mm. uh, is um a, a character that many people have lovingly termed mini khabib oh man what a what a segue Ex- i love explain that explain this to the listeners well you guys I want to start by saying that I was an early adopter of this individual. I want to start by saying that I noticed his potential for greatness far before it was ever realized. With that being said, my friend and future best friend, um, Hasbulla, uh, is is one of the. It's just it's a phenomenon of the internet, and the reason why is because no one can really tell me why he's famous. No one, including myself, I can't tell you why this kid's famous. But I'll bet you half the guy, half of the people listening right now, or more, actually, I'll bet you like eighty percent of people know exactly who I'm talking about. Whether it's from a meme or from some actual at this point licensed official UFC content. <laughs> uh, okay, so listen, I'm, I'm going to try and give the the listeners some context because everything, every everything, social media these days, right? So <laughs> yes, if you've seen video spliced together of with a what looks like a child but is obviously older than a child yeah good way to nonchalantly say eating cereal with a very unimpressed look on his face <laughs> people will put that next to something you know any other video um that's him that's that's Hezbollah. So yeah. th- this kid, he's he's actually like nineteen or twenty. Yep. Um, and he's got uh, some like horth hormone hormone deficiency. So the the dude's like barely over three feet tall. He weighs like forty or fifty pounds. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. from Dagestan. <laughs> and but again, we've talked about this some in the realm of fighting. Just that that X factor, which is really more an entertainment thing than just a fighting thing. And there's just the way he comports himself. He's not. He's not a victim. He doesn't have a chip on his shoulder. He's just this really fun, compelling person. Doesn't seem to take himself too seriously and has endeared himself to people like Khabib. And uh, I don't, you know, I'm not as familiar with all of his content as I think you probably are. But uh, I don't feel like it would be easy if you, if you haven't followed him and you don't kind of understand the fandom to think that people, that it's kind of like a, you know, a freak show type deal. Yeah. And that's not, that's not it at all. Like people genuinely love this kid. Yeah. Yeah. No one, 100%. And, and the beauty of it is, is that, you know, you, you mentioned like, Oh, John, you are probably more familiar with this content than, than, than you are. No, the thing is, Kale, I'm actually not. And let me explain why it's not for lack of interest, because trust me, my interest in him is you went eons above yours. I'm sure the amount of time I've devoted. To, anyways. Um, <laughs> um, so the beauty of Hezbollah is, I can't even believe I, I get to talk about this. I'm so passionate. Um, no, nah, the beauty of, of, of him is that he actually doesn't output a whole bunch of content these days that would attempt to grab your interest. What he's managed to do is he, he seemed to find 
just there seems to be a brilliance just in, in his mind. He has actually allowed himself just to become a meme. And all he posts in terms of his own content is him kind of just flexing the lifestyle that he kind of gets as a result. Um, so he'll, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll post photos of him like skimming through cash. It's not his main shtick, but you know, that's one of them. Just cool sunglasses, nice outfits, walking through whatever. But originally his content would just be him doing outlandish things. Some of which are clearly done in, in Dagestan because I mean, there's, you know, rules against that elsewhere. Like he'll just be driving down the road and shoot a pistol out the window a couple of times. You just don't expect to see this childlike figure, you know, selfie cam his way onto your Instagram and all of a sudden whip out a, a something, another, you know what I mean? A some millimeter pointed out the window and just start popping into a forest. But that's exactly what you're seeing. Right. And so other things include his crew tying um, enough helium balloons around him to make him float into the air and him freaking out, screaming, kind of whatever. But again, this is not even his own produced content. He just allows the clips to get out there, and then you see them on your For You page on TikTok and all of that just because it's that intriguing randomly. So that's what I appreciate about it, man. I'm actually probably as familiar with his content as you are because it's essentially just memes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, the thing is, so the, this kid's amassed millions of social media followers on, on multiple platforms it's at crazy. this point. It's crazy. Like, you and I have a, have a shared friend, very close friend of yours, with a wife who is... If legit, if if influencers are a real thing and they seem yeah. to be, yeah, she is one. Now, yeah. in the grand scheme of social media, her her social media following is is big but not massive, right? And I've heard the kind of numbers that she gets from a company to be like post about their thing or talk of about course. their thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. So I can only imagine the kind of numbers yeah. this kid is pulling down with yeah. his following. Yeah, I honestly, I'm interested to see how that works because he really isn't, he doesn't seem to be too involved in many things besides like some, some crypto promotion that I've kind of seen dwindle down a little bit. Yeah, exactly. He's funny. NFTs and all that. I mean, he did, he did make his own NFT like collection. So I don't know how that's going, but whatever the case, he, he's kind of made his way into like real mainstream spotlights and, and what I assume to be like some type of, you know, maybe not affiliate marketing, but some type of, you know, collaborations with, with the UFC in that context. So he's making top dollar. He has to be because it's no longer, you know, bear, you know, whatever, just, Hey, post and we'll pay you per post. It's kind of that, that whole real deal thing. Hey, come be in our commercial and put yeah. your name on our merch. So, you know, he, he's, he is not hard up for cash. I would bet a lot on it. Yeah. I mean, I gotta believe, you know, he'd have to, at least in American media, he'd have kind of the same issues that Arnold had early on. He'd have to overcome some some language barriers and some uh, accent yeah. issues. But like, I I gotta believe if he wanted to make that. Not to say that just anybody can act, but man, if he wanted to, uh, you know, to Connor's point, like it's all hard work, it's all passion. If he wanted to make True. that leap, there'd be there'd be roles for him. Yeah, and he's only twenty years old too. That's another thing. Yeah. Like he's super, super young. And I mean, I don't even know, man. When I look at someone like that, I'm like, did you this this was not was it on purpose? Was this calculated? Or did you just lean into something that happened one time? Like because you know how it all started actually. It's funny you mentioned like the like just <laughs> him being in with like the fighters of Dagestan and stuff. It actually started the first one of the first times I ever saw him was um it was like a fake fight promotion thing on social media only with him and another gentleman, his age and size and condition. Um, both 18 at the time, Abdu Rosic. That was the other guy's name. I believe he's kind of a stick like Hezbollah, but whatever, not as big. I torturous choice of words. I'm saying not as popular. Um, so anyways, uh, 
Cancel. I have problems. I have many problems. So um, anyway, that was the first thing. And it, it really captivated me because I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're going to fight. Found out it was fake later. So I don't even know, man. What's the takeaway from Hezbollah? Just don't be ashamed of of anything and just go out there. And <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I think, you know, if we're if we're trying to find some depth in what well, may I mean, just that's what I'm, be. What yeah. may just be a, a fun situation, but could be. Um, you know, we're big fans. We're big fans of not not just Jocko's energy drink here, but big fans of Jocko Willing, which is the yeah. the point, right? That's right. that's why we got to do stuff in, and you know, the thing, the kind of things that Jocko teaches, um, uh, you know, about leadership, but really about like leadership is life. Like, you, there's really not a a big separation there between the two. And so, in addition to his the leadership books that Jocko's released, he's got a whole series of kids books. Um, way of the warrior kid. So kind of Jocko's answer to diary of a wimpy kid, uh, <laughs> right. Which, which I'm all about. Um, awesome. books are probably a little bit too old for my kids. Or are they still sitting on the shelves waiting for them? Absolutely. They are. But you know, one of the lessons, uh, that uh, Mark is the, is the main character, uh, in these books named for, for Mark Lee, who, who served under Jocko and, and passed away. Um, who, who died in combat, but uh, Mark's the main character. His uncle Jake's a Navy SEAL, and the, that setup allows for a lot of different. Uh, I gotta pause real quick and just say I'm really enjoying my like sore throat sickness voice. Just it's working. It, for it's me. got a charm to it. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm yeah. here for it. Well, I need to record a lot before this goes <laughs> away, um, or just scream for two hours before I record. <laughs> That'd be good um, too. Yeah. But so one of the things I think maybe it's the the second book. I can't remember if it's the first book or the second book, but you know Mark's dealing with some bullying from a kid, and uh, you know he's making fun of the the shape of his face. He's calling him plate face or something. Uh, you know, super creative. Um, and like his uncle Jake is is kind of talking about the ledge. He's like, but but you know your your face is kind of plate shaped, right? Like what he's telling him is just like you know, the joke can't harm you if you're in on the joke. Mm, right. Yeah. So just, just own it. And like, that's always the the beauty of self-deprecating humor, right? Like, um, that's, that's the, the punchline. If there is one to the movie eight mile with Eminem, right. Where he's doing these rap battles, he's constantly getting, you know, uh, just completely mocked because he's the white guy. So, you know, spoiler alert for like a two decade old movie, but like, that's kind of how he finally ends up winning a rap battle, right? Is he goes off on, he does, he mocks himself. He takes all the air out of the sails because he leaves no room for them to, to mock him. And so it's not that I think people though, certainly people in Hasbro's life have mocked him. Yeah. That's just human nature. When somebody's different, when somebody's outside of the norm, but <clears throat> it seems like he figured out, Hey, if I just roll with this, if I'm just in on the joke, if I make the joke, then there's some, people are going to joke either way, but if I'm in on it, well, I can just ride that wave. No, that's brilliant. No, that, that, that truly is how it goes. There's actually, um, I know you're not, not too into like the Twitch streaming scene. Um, but there was a Twitch streamer, uh, a girl, I, her name escapes me right now. I can't really think of it, but, um, she basically, she played call of duty, right. And, uh, she was accused of cheating. Um, because Nadia, that was her name. Um, and she still streams too, but she's like a really good player, right? And she's a girl. So <laughs> naturally the internet has to do its thing and say, there's no way that's a, whatever, accuser of cheating. It's so crazy. She didn't predict that. She didn't, whatever. She leaned into that 
and just made her her whole channel theme about how she's so much better than any guy gamer ever could be. <laughs> Super leaned into it. She is. She has to be a millionaire at this point if she's not about to be. And she was just a normal, yeah. you know, mid level. Stri- so it's interesting, right? Leaning into the the potential negatives instead of hiding away and just you know being the victim of them. It's got some extreme yeah, extreme ownership yeah. tones to it. Yeah. Well, in a world where um, like offense is currency right? Offense is, is currency, um, offense on your behalf, offense on others behalf. Um, when you're the one who's willing to go, Oh, that's, that's funny. I, yeah, I'm pretty fat. <laughs> Got my own zip code. <laughs> like you just deflate it. Like I just took away your, like, I just took away. It's a superpower. Yeah, it's true. Right. If, if you refuse to be offended, if you'll be in on the joke, it's not to be a doormat. Yeah. Right. I'm not I'm not talking about, uh, you know, what's Marty McFly's dad's name. Like, I'm not talking about letting Biff Tannen walk all over you um, and just giggling <laughs> along. Um, I, I think, you know, certainly the listeners to this podcast can recognize the difference. But if you just get on, in on the joke, if you recognize it, if you refuse to take yourself so seriously, um, you know, that you got to challenge somebody to a duel over, you know, the fact that they've just insulted your honor. Um then you you take away their their power. It's it's a superpower. It is. Yeah, a lot of truth to that. Just leaning into it. Not that it's gonna make everybody rich and famous. You probably got to have something else going for you. Right. Like, you should probably be three feet tall and awesome, or really good at some video game that people like. In yeah, addition that, to that, that's true. I, I realize, like, uh, as I get older, like my reaction to things that people do or say or joke about or whatever is always it's always going to be the determiner, determinator, whatever the word is, determiner, that's going to determine whether or not they continue or stop with whatever, you know, whatever they try and throw, you know? So like growing up, I just remember like, you know, there's probably still, still some stains of this now, you know, Josh Rush, that old, that old fellow, he, he seems to know how to say the, just the right thing about Marvel or whatever. <laughs> but, um, but no, I just, I realize, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I realize that like the reaction that I give things is, is the determiner of whether or not they kind of continue or whatever. So that's a real thing. I guess that's the takeaway for him. The kid's a genius regardless though, has Bulla. Yeah. Well, it. and it's kind of that stoic philosophy. Um, you know, uh, Ryan, uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, he makes me mad as often as he makes me happy these days. So maybe it's better that way, but holiday, you know, that stoic, stoic yeah, Ryan holiday, that stoic philosophy, which isn't his, uh, and he doesn't claim that it is, <clears throat> but, uh, it's just, a. I don't have to have an opinion about this. Yeah. Like you, you don't have to get fired up about everything. You don't. That's true. It's okay. It's true. Yeah. Very true. Makes your opinions uh, more valid. And ironic on a podcast where I'm pretty much, yeah, where, you know, so I, I'm, you know, throwing that out there on a podcast where I pretty much sit here with other people and uh, give opinions on things. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. Yeah. As Bullock well, now listen, officially part of the, the UFC. The, the economy. Man. Yeah. Oh, man. And then, uh, you know, a sad lot, but, you know, before we, we, we move off UFC, uh, we can pay a little respect to, uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson. Oh who, man, man. I couldn't uh, believe it. A UFC hall of famer. Uh, he fight uh light heavyweight or heavyweight. That's the thing, man. He actually went like both. He went between them. Yeah. Great fighter, he- heavy hands, heavy, heavy hands and, uh, passed away somewhat a kind of, a. um, just unexpected to, to those who weren't super close with him. Uh, people kind of knew he was ill, but turns out he was fighting some lymphoma and some, uh, autoimmune diseases and, uh, and passed away like 35. He's yeah, in the yeah. absolute prime, uh, of his life. So. Oh, Bummer. I always hate stuff like that, man. It just, 
Oh, the randomness, the the instant urge I get just to tell everyone I know, hey, I love you. Hey, you know, yeah. forget all the petty stuff, man. Like, cause ugh, it's just so weird how, ugh, I don't know, a person can just be gone. Obviously, with the release of the the new Black Panther, it has me thinking a lot about that one too. Like Chadwick Boseman, man, he just yeah. out of just out of nowhere, he didn't tell anybody. He did a solid job of just keeping that you know, out of the public and then boom, a person you think is going to be with yeah. you for, you know, generations to come is just, you know, forever not. So sad, man. Yeah. But what a, what a classy way to do it. Right. It would have been easy for him to be a, a spectacle in a, in a good way. He could have turned that into a cause. He could have turned it into a fundraiser. Uh, but in a day and age when everybody lives out the, like, that we watched the Truman show. If you've ever seen the Truman show, the, the Jim Carrey movie back in the day where this whole, this guy's whole life is a production. It's fake. And he's the only one who doesn't know it. And you're watching that as kind of like, it's a, it's a morbid thing, right? Like how awful. And then now so many of us, again, I say this as I sit here and record my own podcast. Like everybody's a Truman show. Now everybody broadcasts everything about their life, or at least all the good stuff about their life. Um, you know, and so just kind of what a standout classy thing that it was for for him not to put everything out there to not let it be a distraction, continue to do some of the best work, uh, if not the best work of his, his life outside of Marvel. Um, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, what a what a loss. So crazy, man. So crazy. Makes me constantly. I'm serious, man. I'm always telling people how much I love him and care about him, man. It's important. Seriously. Tell somebody you love him today if you haven't. Goodness gracious, life's fleeting. Uh, And, you know, not to turn this into the Stoics podcast, but that's that memento mori concept. That's remember you will die. Like (laughs) no, no one, no one gets out alive. There's even, um, I follow, I'm trying to look up the exact, uh, name of it because if people want to follow, I'll find it. But literally there's a, uh, a, a, t- a Twitter account that I follow. I'm not finding it right now, but I'll find it. But it's literally just like, remember you will die. And once a day, it just posts that. So it's just like randomly in your feed. It's just a quick reminder. You're no, going to die. No, but I, I love it because like, like Kale, sometimes it seems like I'm super kind of like dialed into that. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm very aware. Okay. And, and a lot of my decisions and reasonings and all of that, come from a healthy perspective of, Hey, you don't have forever on this, you know, on this earth, like you've got whatever time you've got, you know, but then other things, it seems like I can't. So one of the big ones, I might've talked about it briefly the last time I was on, but when it comes to like the, the concepts that I, that come to my head of like certain pieces of content to make for this MMA stuff, like, man, I, I would straight up be lying to myself if I told you I didn't care about what other people think quite a bit when it comes to my content and, and the thought of it being consumed. Now, truthfully, in the mind of a productive person, I guess that's, you know, a video productive person, I should say, that, that's got to be up for debate, right? Like, what's the healthy mentality to have? The perspective of the viewer or a healthy, like, not caring about what other people think and just doing what you feel is going to be good? I think the answer is obviously somewhere in the middle. But the point is just, like, it's so annoying how sometimes I'm so aware of, like, hey, man, you only got one life. Let's do it. Make that jump. Make that decision. Don't, you know, just you know, whatever, don't constantly play everything safe. But then in other cases, I, I, it's just that that's disabled. Whereas if I had that memento mori, you know, right in front of my mind, I might suspend the the concern of, oh, well, this person's going to think I'm, you know, 
cheesy for making this type of, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's thoughts left and right, man. It's all over the place. You don't, I'll be honest. You don't strike me as the type of person who's ever struggled with that. Like it, you know what I mean? Which not to call you out or anything, but like, if you're going to wear like those shoes that you had on staff that are like straight up, like the toe shoes or whatever, you, you're yeah. going to, you got to be ready for some people to like, yeah, what are you doing? You know what I mean? You had to be well, like standing up at your desk too, making that change. Not, not like it's going to be any serious critique of either, but the point is like, you have to, to a degree, not give a real, you know, crud about what people think, you know? So well, I don't there's know. This, there's this shift you go through in life as, as you mature. Right. And I get, this is an old man statement and it's, the suck of so many things like this is just you can't get there till you get there. No, no, no. But but listen, but I'm I'm turning 27 next month, and like I've had so much, I know you know this is old 27. You're real old. No, but the point is like I've gotten to the point where I've been in a position to maybe help someone with advice that has to start the way you just started yours. Like yeah. oh, oh you know you yeah. get to a point in life, and so I, I resonate with it. So like you saying that I'm 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 totally there. I, I get it. But so there's there's this version of of cool that that most people are familiar with from like high school yeah um and you know it, it's different now than when i was in school or whatever but I, I you know and there's different cliques and different groups value different things we all kind of understand what that that high school cool is right um but if you if you think back to high school if you flip through a yearbook you'll find you'll be reminded of these outliers right that that weren't necessarily, you know, they, they may have been popular. They, they probably were, but they just weren't cool in that sense that in the standard you were applying to everybody else, they were the kind of people that, um, their, their style probably wasn't very out there. It, it, they probably wouldn't look too out of place in any given decade. Um, and they just kind of could float between everybody. I'm not at all describing myself here. That wasn't me. That wasn't my high school experience. Um, and you, you realize like you start to, to recognize as you get older, what actually is cool and you can recognize it in those people. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's, um, it, it's kind of an X factor thing. It's tough. And again, people are going to disagree with me, whatever, get your own podcast. Um, but it, it's where you find that balance of confidence without arrogance. Um, that, that person who's very self-assured, but will stop to, uh, you know, to help others. I, I remember, I'll name him. Don't know if I'll ever hear this. There was this guy that I went to school with. Uh, I, I knew him not super well, um, but, uh, but better than some David Stamper, huge, huge guy. Um, he used to race BMX. It's kind of how we got connected because I used to race as well. Um, uh, but at the point that I knew him, he had gotten out of BMX and he was really into, um, like powerlifting. man, he was, a, he was a strong dude and just, um, but just cool guy, like not a jerk to anybody. But I just remember one day there was this kid in our school. Um, I won't use his name. Um, he just had some, some challenges, right? I don't know what you would call him today. I don't know where on what spectrum he would fall. He was just different. So he could function at an intellectual level. I think he did well in classes actually, but just a lot of social awkwardness, a, a, a lot of whatever. Um, and I just remember one day, a couple of guys hassling him, just kind of walking through the halls um, and, uh, you know, messing with his his book bag and just just all this stuff. And just out of nowhere, like I, I, you, I, I, don't, I didn't even recognize that he was around until this happened. 
Stamper steps up and just sends one of these guys flying, just shoves them with all he's got, mm-hmm. uh, sends them flying and says, if you would like to mess with him, you come through me now. Right. And it's just, it's just that kind of person. <clears throat> he, he, he wasn't, he wasn't friends with this kid. He wasn't tight with this kid. He just wasn't going to suffer a bully. Um, he didn't need those guys who other people probably thought were cool to like him. Didn't that had no bearing on, on him or who he was. And I'm not, I'm not comparing uh, myself even now to, to David Stamper, right? The fact that I, uh, you know, wear Vibrams around in a work setting still will for that matter. Love it. Uh, and I'll, I'll work at a standing desk. That one's a little more mainstream now. Um, you started it, uh, man. You know, but it's, you just start to recognize the value in, um, you know, not, I don't believe in a, your truth kind of thing, right? Truth is truth. Um, truth isn't subjective, but there's also like, if something works well for you, if something's beneficial for you and it's outside of the norm, well, who like norm for what? Right. Like norm, norm for who? That's interesting. Yeah. Why does, why does your, your thing, your style, your music, your whatever have to work for me? Yeah. And it's part of why I very much don't, um, I care what people think about this podcast to the extent that, um, I don't want people to be able to, to, uh, I don't want there to be a lot of room to critique the quality of their production. Yeah. I've always been very picky about the, the sound being very good and the editing being good and, um, consistency. Um, we were talking about it before we went on air. Uh, it had dawned on you what this episode number was, uh, and that, uh, we haven't missed a week of releasing, um, since the podcast launched this being, uh, number 87, really it's the 88th episode, uh, that we've released, uh, cause there was a 19 and a half in there back when we were trying to pull off the live episode, uh, for episode 20. Yeah. Um, but, uh, there, there was one week where we had had a, a really cool, really good, um, uh, behind the scenes episode for Patreon. Uh, that we ended up releasing as an, as an episode. So that was one week where we didn't record uh, fresh content, but that's something that from the the jump was a goal. Even, even when I started and, and had a partner, had a co-host and Josh uh, was, we're, we're going to be consistent. Uh, when people go to look for the podcast on Monday morning, it's going to be there every love time. It. I love uh, it. And, and thus far it has. And so I care about those things, but as far as content, um, I don't worry about tailoring it. I don't, um, you know, a lot of the, um, you know, the podcast experts and the, this is how you be successful. is like, you know, find a niche and don't be too broad. And I'm like the opposite of all of those things. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I've got some regular guests. I've got, my guests are all over the place, right? I've had green berets. I've had voice actors. I've had ranchers now, you know, um, just all, cops and SWAT team members and, um, you know, just whatever, right? This whole smattering of people, right? Had Alex on talking about her escape from Wuhan. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it's just this, right? Um, there was, there were big reports out today that now this is always an estimated number, but the UN estimates say that the world population crossed 8 billion people today as, as we're recording November 15th. Um, there's a decent chance that some percentage of those people would enjoy the same podcast content that I would. 
Yeah. And so I do my very best to produce a podcast that I would want to listen to. I've talked about it on here a lot. I'm a prolific podcast listener. Um, and the podcasts that I, that I like, um, I'm not trying to replicate them, but that's the standard that I hold myself up against regardless of, of what their budget or resource is. Um, that's, that's the standard that I aspire to. And it's, it's all, um, you know, entertainment value and quality of the content. Am I laughing some and, and am I learning some and, and whatever. And so I, I try to produce a podcast that I would want to listen to. And I, I'm putting full faith and credit in the fact that there's a reasonable percentage of people out of that 8 billion that would enjoy that same thing. And now I just need them to, to find me, which is why it now 42 years old, I still try and figure out how to make reels that people will watch. I love it though, man. I love it. I love it. Like I remember when you, when you told me about TikTok specifically and just your, your swearing against going on that at first, you know, cause I understand it now. Yeah, screw you TikTok. Screw well, you so, TikTok. So I, I understood it or I understand it now, but at first I thought it was just, you know, you just didn't like how mostly it was mostly kids on there and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But now your 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 willingness to kind of be participating in the reels, which you know I see by the way, like you're getting some edits on there and everything. Like I don't know, that just shows to me a willingness to adapt at least to the extent of exploring what could really really make a difference in terms of audience and retention and blah blah, yeah. blah and all that. So it's really cool, man. Now you know what's you know what's funny and annoys me is that the algorithms around these things are are written not unlike our tax code where they're intentionally undiscernible. I know. And so, like, I made a, a reel about all the steaks I cooked from Colorado craft beef, half tip, half tip to uh, Jeff. And, uh, and it went what I'm going to call Solid 7 Podcast Viral. Orders of magnitude more reach than anything else I've ever put out on social media. And which was this again? Um, that's the one with the stakes that I put to the Michael Buble song. This wasn't trending audio, but who oh, doesn't like Buble? Right. Um, and so for, for me, the numbers are my own to worry about. Thank you very much, everyone. But I'm calling it Solid 7 Podcast Viral. Now, when I had uh, Jeannie Tirado on, who, man, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to Jeannie. Incredibly fascinating, uh, awesome story, professional voice actress, um, lots of credits in uh, big, big video game projects, um, in the Pixar movie Soul, in uh, all kinds of, of television shows um, that, you've, that you've likely seen or, or heard of. Uh, and it was fantastic. And so I knew as I was having Jeannie on, this is rare for me. I'm like, I'm at 100% going to make a reel for this one. And I know what I want it to be like in my head. That's awesome. Right, which was <laughs> I, wanted it, I wanted it to feature my episode artwork. Um, as the main thing, but I'm like, Jeannie is, she's Jeannie, but she's all these different things, right? Love she's it. professionally, she's all these characters she's played, right? So I want a reel that's going to kind of on, on beats hit and be like, okay, here's Jeannie, here's Silent Seven Podcast. This is where you hear, and here's all, all these characters that she's played, right? And, uh, you know, saw, saw a tutorial, uh, for something that worked perfect for, for good audio and a good format to do that. And uh, I, I believe you saw that one and even sent something to me about it. Yeah, yeah. This thing was fire. Um, listeners, you can actually, can, you can still see it because it's a reel and not a story. Uh, so it's, it's on the Instagram. You can go look at it right now. It's fantastic. It did nothing. Yeah. It did 
nothing. It makes no sense. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, listen, there absolutely is a way to break down a formula, but to say that you can make a, a healthy assessment of everything that succeeds and everything that doesn't and say that, you know, you know, squarely all of it is just silly because th- there's things like that, right? You can put in all this effort and all this, whatever, and it just doesn't do It's obviously, you know, I don't know if you've looked into like the specifics of it all, but like one of the big ones is, is, um, viewer retention. Like at what point of the video are people clicking off? Because if it immediately averages an early point, then it's not going to push it to other people's algorithms. If it, if it tends to hold on to the, you know, the first dozens or whatever group of, of viewers to, to up until like the, you know, 10 second mark, all of them watch. Well, at that point it's going to blast it to a bunch of other people. So that's how it works in a very elementary description of it. But then even that like videos that you can tailor to try and nail that hundred percent will do worse than videos where you just slap some crap together. It's so random at times and weird. Um, and it seems that the most success that I've seen has been by people that just throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. It's almost like, you know, quantity over quality. I I will say something that's resonated with me recently as a content creator, um, is a, a couple of pieces of audio that I've seen people use on a lot of social media. And one is a guy talking about, oh, you know, people ask me, why haven't I made a big yet? Why am I not famous yet? Because you you haven't shared my stuff, because you haven't, whatever. But there's one, that was a little older, but there's been one more recently where it's like, if you've, if you've got a friend that's hustling, if they're making things, if they're a content creator, like, you should be like support them like you support those famous people. If they're doing hair, go get your hair done. If they're making shirts, buy a shirt, right? And so something that does kind of resonate with me l- lately, I understand that not everybody in my life, even that I'm that I'm close with or even that I care about, is going to enjoy this podcast. Not everybody's gonna be we cover a lot of ground and you can probably find something to like uh in in some episodes, but certainly it's not all going to be for everyone. But at the same time, I'm like, uh, you know, I go over to my my personal Instagram page, which of course I've had much longer than the than the podcast page, and then same is true uh, for Facebook, and then particularly for for Twitter, I got a, a notification that was like my 14th anniversary on Twitter the other day or something, um, which is fun to be old enough to have been on a social media platform for 14 years. <laughs> That's cool, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm just like. For, I don't normally, you know, I'm not somebody, I joke around about my, my birthday a lot. I don't really hype my birthday. I don't need a big party. I don't need a lot of gifts. Gifts. I kind of cynically will publish my like wish list every now and then. I'm like, I'm not saying you need to buy me a present, but if you want to buy me a present, here's crap I want. That kind of deal. <laughs> yep. And so this year I'm like, I'm not going to be ashamed of promoting the podcast. I put a lot of myself into this podcast. I put there, there's time, right? Where I'm, I either sacrifice sleep because I'm up recording or or because I'm listening for edits or right now I'm sitting in a closet talking to you, uh, instead of out in the, in the family room playing with my kids, right? Like there's some level of, of sacrifice to this thing. Um, and so I just put on my personal Instagram, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm paraphrasing slight, but it's like, Basically, it's my birthday, and rather than getting me something, how about you give me a follow on Solid 7 Podcast? I said, or or better yet, how about uh, a five-star rating or a thumbs up or a heart on the podcast apps? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know that a single person that follows me there went ahead and followed the podcast and I didn't see any new ratings come through. And I'm, I'm getting real close to my next post being just like, Hey, if you're following me here, but not over here, probably go ahead and unfollow me here. Oh, right. Like yeah. I feel like that's the, the bare minimum thing of support, right? Like I've got, you know, I've met some other creators, some other podcasters through this. Their thing isn't really my bag. I'm still subscribed. Their show still downloads every week or two weeks or whenever it drops. Right. Cause I'm going to do what I can to support what they're, what they're doing or out, you know, uh, Alex tells me they're going to have the, the old Arizona nut company stand set up somewhere. Cool. I'm buying some roasted nuts. I'm doing carnivore right now. I'm not eating them, <laughs> uh, but I'll buy them, you know? Oh, yeah. So, um, uh, you know, there's a, there is a little bit of that aspect. Where... Yeah. So, but, but share this with me uh, in terms of your mentality. And, and honestly, I'm really interested to, to hear what your answer would be, but doesn't that ever, because in, in the, in the small ventures that I've had, you know, and the little things that I've put out specifically, the most consistent one was my stream, right? Like I, I saw a hundred percent of what you're describing uh, all, all the time. And it was crazy because even, even some of the people closest to me were less consistent and supportive than the people who weren't. So it was very, very weird. But doesn't that put a chip on your shoulder to try and make them upset that they didn't genuinely invest sooner in a person that was, should have been a no brainer to invest in, in terms of their attention, friendship, you know, love support really is the word. Does that, does that ever make you feel like, cause honestly, I, to some extent, like, and I'll just end by saying this. I, I only like cleaning when I'm angry. I hate cleaning, but when I'm in a bad mood, I just start organizing the heck out of everything. I'm that okay. type of person. So when I look at my content, how much I care about succeeding in it, yet how much I have a capacity for getting distracted and procrastinating, I, I always tell myself, man, that necessary fire, I want it there. I want some people to do something they're not supposed to, to express in some type of accidental way that they truly believe in me less than they should or, or say they do. I want that because it, it fires me up even more. Do, do you ever think that way at all? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to the extent that the thought that there's probably been some people that are like, that's eh, not going to go anywhere or he's oh, not going to I mean, it, that well, yeah, kind of you, stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's one. Okay. So not necessarily yeah, the neutrals, say. but the people who actually have those thoughts of like, oh, that ain't going to be anything. Those people. Yeah. I yeah, see. That, that one's fun. And there's also like the stuff that gives life though, really isn't the negative stuff. It is the, um, and, and, you know, like I've, I've kind of shed some negative light. I'm not hating on the people that, that haven't followed, but I'm like, that's just such a low barrier to entry. Like, I'm not saying become a Patreon supporter. They'll probably become a Patreon supporter. Um, but I'm like, throw a Facebook follow. Yeah. You can't throw a Facebook follow. You can't, you can't double tap on a post. You can't click the little, the little heart. You can't, you can't click the, the little arrow repost. Be like, this was a funny one. I don't care if you listen. Jesus doesn't mind if you lie about that. <laughs> um, right? Like just the, the bare minimum. Uh, it, it's just a little irksome, but the, the flip side is then when it it's awesome is the friend that not only becomes a Patreon supporter, but just sends a hundred bucks and just says, really believe in what you're doing. Use this to get gear you need, which absolutely happened. Or the friend that like, I think our Patreon was live either just before the first episode um, or right after. And that friend that just joins, like, they haven't heard it yet. Like, if you're doing it, I'm in. 
that's that's the stuff yeah that that's really cool gives you right? life you know, like uh you know even even cooler than that stuff and this is uh you know like a, a lame mushy thing is uh you know like my wife's super smart um and uh she's got a great sense of humor and so it's like when she comes back uh and is like oh this was really funny or i didn't know this like when she's enjoyed an episode uh that's like the best thing I'm like, yeah. yeah whatever if you know people if you people don't like it <laughs> um, at least she does you know. and uh now in fairness i don't think she follows on social media either but she's also you know not on social media i was gonna say yeah, i didn't think she was very no. active no there is that so she's got a facebook that she checks occasionally and uh i think that's about it man so well makes me want to be a better friend to any and everyone doing doing their side thing be real intentional but because seriously like some people i mean i gotta remind myself i don't think like everyone and not everyone thinks like me so like in in my case where i somewhat subconsciously or even consciously like desire the negative reinforcement because that that's what helps me work yeah then there's you know there's folks like you which which may be the majority which is folks who really really get that kick and that 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 motivation that burst of energy from positive reinforcement well, Believe and it. you know, like I, I, I get to, I, I'm, I'm not trying, like this might be a, a, a down point. Like if you're listening and you don't follow and you don't like whatever, thanks for listening. Like that's awesome. Yeah, of right. Course. The plays count. The listens count. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm just talking about, you know, there's people who have not met me who are like Uber, fan, like who have done more to promote, mm -hmm. like. I, I just feel like it's such a low barrier of entry, like a follow or a like or a review. Um, then I'm like, really, you won't do that? It's a few buttons. Really, you won't do that? <laughs> um, so, I, I, dude, I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody. And there's that's probably going to hit some people that are friends of mine that are listening. I'm not, I'm not mad at you, but probably, I mean, go ahead and do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, probably just, just do it. And just, just, you do it one time. You don't have to. I don't have to listen all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'd love it if you did, but you don't. But you, you don't even have to follow. Like, can't you, like you could follow me and then like hide it or block it. I'm not saying you even need to see my stuff all the time. <laughs> I mean, you'll miss bomb reels like the one that I made for Genie. But otherwise, I have tried to add music to my stuff more. That's what really like, brings it together. I feel like that helps. Yeah, but then I'm like, does. I think most of the trending stuff is garbage that I don't like, so that doesn't help my case. Uh, well, anything. the thing is, I mean, it might be something that people like, though. I mean, so like as long the, as it's not some ratchet, nasty song, <laughs> I don't know, well, maybe throw it up and see how the, it goes. Uh, uh, the the episode that's out as we're recording, or the most recent one, episode 86 with Chris Arroyo, we talked a fair amount about, uh, like, NASCAR, stock car racing, stock car racing mm -hmm. versus F1 in that one. So uh, I used a song from Daisy, oh, I mean... A song that was in the movie Days of Thunder, which if you're a racing fan and you've seen Days of Thunder, you'll recognize immediately. But it's an older song. Don't know how popular it is, but I like it. It put a smile on my face and I'm sure it made Chris smile. So <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Uh, Kale's keys to uh, podcast mediocrity. Whoa. Kale's key. <laughs> Actually, podcast is great. The marketing <laughs> is left a little wanting. Well. I mean, you ever you ever thought about like going crazy with that, like just investing a lot in it? Um, no, yeah, no, it's kind of risky. It'll like the probably the the first uh person that gets a paycheck from the podcast, probably the the second one. Um, 
one of the first people that will get paid from the podcast would probably be somebody doing marketing stuff. Yeah. Okay. So you have uh, thought about it or do you just yes, figure it's, it's, it's in the future? I'm going, you know, it's kind of catch 21. Like I'd probably see greater income from the podcast if I was doing that, but right. I'd like have greater income from the podcast uh-huh. before, before I'm doing that. Well, I think that second way of thinking is possible is made possible by the consistency you, consistency you have because that old mentality of like just enjoying the journey over the destination is what's needed to get there. Cause eventually you're going to see some, some type of income that, that is meaningful, you know, to the point where that you have in mind, even though it might be arbitrary. Now you might not have a number on it. You'll feel it. You know what I mean? You'll get to a point where it's like, Oh, this might be the time to invest a little bit, turn it in. Now so, I'll, I'll throw this out there. If you're listening, if you're a fan, if you do this stuff, if you, if you get it, if you can point to social media accounts that you, you operate for yourself or someone else, uh, that have been successful and get a lot of views and a lot of buying and a lot of response. And you'd kind of want to give a go at this. Uh, and you want to talk about, you know, maybe uh, a percentage of any increase that happens after you come on belonging to you. It's a conversation I'd have with somebody. That sounds like a good conversation. Sounds like a win-win. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Keep an eye out for so. that. So who, so who knows? Well, we'll see. In the meantime, I'm stumbling through some of it old man style. And, uh, you know, if I see a, a decent Instagram tutorial, well, I might put together a reel. Who I knows? like it. You've already done that a couple times, right? Yeah. I, you know, what I need to get better at is, uh, and I've said this on the podcast so many times, people are like, yeah, we know, is like creating content from my content. From, yeah, like uh, the minis it's or whatever. It's so much more labor intensive and time consuming. No doubt go through and pick those things out to pick out the right moments, the right stuff, and then turn that into something that can uh, go out on social media. It is a big ticket. Yeah, that's for sure. Now within, within this, uh, you know, this, um, Riverside, you do have like the mark option, right? I don't know if you looked into that, but you can mark or timestamp, write it, write it down, you know, go back to it and clip it later. But yeah, it's still, it's a lot of work to then grab it, you know, edit it, cut it up and, you know, that's part of what I like about Riverside is it will automatically pull, um, like right now I can, when we're done, I can pull, um, specific edits of you and me include our video and our audio overlay, uh, my graphic, and it will format that for all of the popular, popular social media, uh, platforms. And I can, and I can just upload that. So it's a part of why I'm on with this platform. So I have the option to go with it more. Um, some of the next upgrades, um, I, I have added some equipment recently, uh, for the podcast. One of the next things will, will be a professional backdrop to use for recording, uh, to make the content, uh, the video content a little more usable for those things uh, on my side. So, you know, if you, if you go on the website, if you go on solid seven podcast.com, um, and you, you click on the link to buy me a Jocko go, or you become a Patreon supporter or, um, you buy from go ruck or you buy from Tuttle twins or you buy from Jocko fuel or you buy from origin. Uh, one of the next things that money will be going to, uh, to you is, uh, is that backdrop, uh, so that I can start to use more of the video content. Love it, man. Oh, people are so, getting privy to what's coming soon. I love yeah. It. Something, something specific that, uh, that you can, that you can support there. Good uh, deal. You know well, who can't offer support is anybody who had any real money in FTX. Okay. Listen, I need a thorough explanation front to back of, well, I shouldn't say thorough. I need a summary from front to back about the fall yeah, of FTX. 
you, you, me, and, and everyone else, um, <laughs> you know, not enough people really understand crypto or what it is. I or know that. Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan. Um, there, there's concepts of crypto that I'm a fan of, but ultimately I've always felt that it has the same inherent weakness, weaknesses, uh, that our traditional money has that paper money, um, these days and, and coinage has, which is there's nothing at the end of the rainbow. Um, so it used to be back when we were on a gold standard in America that, uh, every dollar had a dollar's worth of gold sitting somewhere to back it up. You could exchange that bill, uh, for gold, uh, coins originally were, were actually made from precious metals. And the point was that there was inherent value there. It wasn't because the value was stamped on it. It was because it, it represented something that had legitimate value to it, because if nothing else, Gold can be used for for jewelry. It, it, like gold, precious metals have never not been a medium of exchange um, since they were discovered, um, and of course now they hold even more value because of their use in electronics and, and all sorts of things. Um, so when we when we came off the gold standard, the thing backing uh, the money was the full faith and credit of the United States of America. It's what's called fiat currency. There's no real value to it. There's nothing backing it up. Um, and even like I have next time you're, you're over, I can show you. Um, I have, I have silver notes. I have $5 silver notes. Now they're, they're old and they're weathered. Um, they look like a $5 bill, um, with uh, Abraham Lincoln on them. Yeah. There's uh, actually some blue text on them, but they were silver notes. So this was, uh, between, uh, us being on the gold standard and then just backing our money with nothing. Yeah. Um, those notes were exchangeable for $5 worth of silver. They were backed by something. If you have any paper money on you or near you right now, and you pick it up and look at it, you'll notice that it says federal reserve note. Um, the federal reserve is what, and there's, so there's, there's nothing backing that up other than just, um, America's awesome. We're not going anywhere. You can trust that this has value. <laughs> so the, the issue for me is with, with crypto has always been, there's nothing backing that up. You're trying to create value out of scarcity, right? Like that's the idea behind Bitcoin is there will only ever be so many Bitcoins, right? And, and scarcity, rarity uh, of a thing of value uh, increases that value, right? Like if you want to have a baseball card, you want to have a Lou Gehrig rookie card, right? I think that's the most valuable baseball card of, of all time still, or, or Babe Ruth, one or the other. Well, the reason they're so valuable is because they're so rare. If there were more of them, it would be worth less. Right. Uh, so they, they're they trying to impute value to Bitcoin because there will only ever be so many of them, I think 2 million of them total or something like that. Um, so yes, it's a finite resource, but what, what resource, what do you have? There, there's nothing really there. So the value only comes from other people's desire to possess that thing. Yes. If everybody decides they don't care to have one of those, then its value is nothing. Where the actual value to me is in crypto is in blockchain uh, and blockchain technology, which I only have a very base level understanding of, and, and I'm, I'm not going to embarrass myself trying to uh, explain it here, but I feel like blockchain is where the real value is in crypto and block blockchain technology has value, whether you're using it for cryptocurrencies or not. 
Um, one of the other values to cryptocurrency is they just can't be centrally controlled. They can't be controlled by like a federal reserve or a national government or anything like that or state government anywhere. Uh, right. And in theory, it can't be tracked. So there's this kind of this idea of, you know, liberty and freedom tied to it that does appeal to me. Uh, you think we talked about it on the podcast at one point um, when things started popping off in Ukraine, which boy, did they get extra dicey today? Um, hashtag this may be how world war three starts. Cause it's always something seemingly little. Um, but uh, you know, when, when things started popping off in Ukraine, you had all these major credit card companies and banks just basically turn off the spigot in Russia. Um, well, all of a sudden, all your digital means of transaction went away. They turned off access to your money. Your credit card might stop working. Your debit card might stop working or you can't access your bank account. And so where it's like, yeah, I love as much as the next person, the convenience of well, I can leave my wallet at home because I'll Apple pay everywhere I go. It's more secure than my card, even than the chip. Like, why wouldn't I do that? <clears throat> and yeah, it's it's convenient. Um, but if I just had cash in my, in my wallet, the government can change the value through infa inflation, which they're certainly doing now, but they can't just make that money go poof. Whereas if everything's digital, they, it, they can just turn it off, which is where the danger really comes in when you see things like a social credit score, uh, in China. So what happens when all of your money, all of your money, all of your access to your money is digital and you've posted something that the people in power don't agree with. You've yeah. voted for someone who isn't in power. Um, yeah, we're going to give you 30 days without access to your money to think about what you've done. Yeah, um, that's the big picture. You know, so those, so that's, that's some of the appeal of crypto, right, is that it's, it can be outside of that control. Now, I, it sounds like what happened with FTX, and I still don't understand all of it, and if it was easy to understand, probably not so many people would have been taken in by it, but it certainly appears to have been some level of, of Ponzi scheme. So beyond the inherent risk of, of crypto and the value going up and, and down, it seems like once again, some really weird dude, not unlike the, uh, you know, fire festival situation somehow convinced a lot of otherwise seemingly smart people, certainly wealthy people, uh, to, to give him money. And it's, you know, Rather than that money being invested or growing or whatever, um, you know, your money's going to the next person, going to, you know, whatever. And it's a, it's a shell game of, of money. What's, what's real troubling is the indications that, so the, this guy that was the, the CEO of FTX was uh, the second largest donor to Democrats nationwide um, this oh, past brother. year. Oh, brother. And here's where that becomes really problematic. You got money, donate to whoever and whatever you want. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> capitalist, I'm a libertarian, whatever. But uh, the problem is that this country has sent a lot of tax money, a lot of tax dollars and value uh, over the past year to Ukraine. Um, well, Ukraine's sent a lot of money to FTX over this past year. And then the CEO of FTX was a major campaign donor to Democrats this past year. Um, there's a, a term 
for processes like this. And it's called money laundering. Yeah. <laughs> because you can't, Democrats in office uh, can't just take tax dollars and give them to Democrats running for office. Right. <laughs> uh, but they they can under the guise of emergency and, uh, you know, freedom for the poor people of Ukraine. They can, unfortunately, just dump a bunch of money into that situation. And Ukraine then being their own entity, they can they can take that money and uh, hey, hey it's rarely if ever a good idea to let money just sit and do nothing because of inflation it loses its value so if it's not earning value it's learn it's losing value um, and it just so happens they sent a lot of that money to FTX and it just so happens that a lot of that money seemed to end up in uh, Democrat pockets and now they're bankrupt and there's billions of dollars in customer funds that they can't account for. <laughs> And uh, somehow nobody figured any of this out until after the midterm elections, which is just pure coincidence. Just, that's so. That's such a weird coincidence in timing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure it was just a coincidence, though. Yeah. Man, sometimes, uh, Kale. Sometimes I can't believe how much of a movie the the world actually is. It's it's insane. Well, and and the segue to Ukraine there, I said things popped off extra today. So of course. Uh, we're uh, a member of NATO. <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, I would arguably say the primary member of NATO. Um, and you know, we have all these mutual protection agreements within, within NATO, uh, basically functions in that if you attack one NATO member state, it's treated as though you attacked all of them. And today Russia in their brilliance while lobbing a hundred ish missiles at Ukraine managed to drop two of them in Poland and kill two Polish citizens. Poland, of course, being a NATO member. This is a problem. That happened today? That happened today as we're recording. So that's a little bit of old news. World War III may already be raging by the time you can listen to this if the lights are still on. But uh, as, as we sit here today and record, that happened today. Hopefully... Hopefully, cooler heads will prevail here. Um, but I don't see many cooler heads in Russia right now. Um, what they need to be doing is apologizing profusely and paying lots of money to the family of those victims and paying for the damage that was done by those missiles and then some. Uh, but I just don't see Vlad doing that. Uh, what I what I see Vlad doing, uh, I'm not going to put any money on this, but if I was a if I was a betting man, I'd say Russia will say, if you NATO state war is messy, accidents happen, and if you NATO states hadn't been propping up Ukraine, this would already be over, and this never would have happened. I would guess that Russia says something along those lines. Um, and so then it comes down to, okay, how much does NATO want to bow, bow up uh, to a nuclear state? Oh, man. Yeah. I'm not a fan of this. I'm actually, as you're talking, I'm reading through an article on uh, on it and what happens and what the move of NATO could be and all of that. This is uncomfy times, man. Yeah. I don't like that. There's there's a lot of rumors floating around that are uh, about Putin 
being very ill, uh, potentially having Parkinson's, potentially having cancer. Um, so, you know, the, uh, the good Christian boy in me doesn't want to wish death on uh, anyone. Uh, so I'll, uh, follow the, the, the guidelines and say, man, I, I really hope Putin uh, finds uh, Jesus. I'd love for somebody to drive that dude down the Damascus road. But barring that, barring that, I don't know that disease taking that man sooner rather than later uh, would be a bad thing for I, the world. Uh, I, I can't personally find a way where, where I'd be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I agree with you, Kale. Yeah. Yeah. He, he needs oh. Jesus. Um, and I would like for that face-to-face meeting to happen sooner rather. Yeah, man. I'm about to be a fan of that one. Wow. You know what's so crazy, man? My, my, my grandmother, who's like the sweetest person in the world who never would, you know, hate anyone. I mean, whenever that man is on the news, anybody makes one comment about, you know, oh, how he's so bad. She, she goes right there with him and just, you see a side of her that's almost hatred you know what I mean? She feels so bad yeah. for the people. She's got a big heart, you know, and like yeah. I've, I've never heard her more vocal about, you know, a figure of. Well, you know. and, you know, the, the challenge is, you know, if you approach this thing as a as a thinking, discerning adult. And uh, the media does this to us and we allow them to do it. And we, we go along and they play off our nature is we want a good guy and a bad guy. We want a white hat and a bad hat or a, a white hat and a black hat. We want it to be very clear cut and dry. And the the problem with this situation is um, that Ukraine isn't a white hat. Um, Ukraine isn't necessarily a good guy. Uh, are bad things and undeserved things happening to, to innocent people in Ukraine? Absolutely. Yeah. But before all this started, you know, there was no shortage of articles and takes on how corrupt Ukraine was. Well, that didn't go away overnight. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's just hard to, to, to pick a side in these things. And that uh, Russia being the aggressor, they're, they're very obviously in the wrong here. Um, but to act like, you know, I'm, well, I'm thinking of, an, of another social situation in the U.S. where it was like, uh, you know, there was somebody who, who wasn't really a, a good person, but they were the victim. So they were just venerated as angelic after the fact. And it's like, well, no, I mean, let's be honest about this whole thing all the way around. Right, like, right. They cannot be an angel and also, uh, you know, not deserve the outcome of the situation. And so same thing with Ukraine, where I just think we need to be discerning in that should the world allow Russia to, to run roughshod over its uh, neighbors because they, you know, because Putin wants to regain some glory of the USSR? Absolutely not. <laughs> But at the same time, let's be discerning in the way that we support countries like Ukraine, where, hey, maybe if we know things are super corrupt, we just don't dump a bunch of money and weapons on them. Maybe that. So, but the options are limited. You also can't, like, it's not like we're just going to go fly our own jets and send our own tanks, put our own boots on the ground, because that's an immediate and major escalation to the situation. That's a totally different deal. So... Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, with President Biden at the helm, I'm not worried. Oh my lord! Oh my lord! Hey, what are the chances he gets reelected? Oh man. Um. Well, talked about it some on last week's podcast, which has only been out for a day. I'm not going to fault you for having not listened. But uh, I right did. I got I got some of it in. Um. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know, particularly after these midterm elections. Things are pretty bad in America right now. Um, economically, which is normally what drives elections more than anything else, but then certainly plenty of uncertainty in, in world affairs like we've just been discussing. Right. Um, and so we absolutely should have seen a repudiation of the administration in this election, and we didn't. Everybody's got a take on that. Um, Democrats say it's it's a vindication of their policies, and people just didn't want to see a change. Um, establishment Republicans say um, that President Trump is a cancer on the party and that the candidates he supported uh, underperformed. Uh, <coughs> MAGA Republicans, if you can, if you will, say that uh, establishment Republicans dislike President Trump and are so threatened by President Trump that they failed to support uh, his established candidates um, in, you know, uh, money and grass uh, grassroots efforts and that they basically handicapped those uh, candidates and that's why they underperformed. Um, and then there's some places where because... Of course, here in 2022, <coughs> uh, people are just crying foul of uh, election shenanigans. Right. Uh, Arizona seeming to be a hot spot for that, both for the Senate race and uh, the gubernatorial race, which just got called for. I know Carrie Lake was the Republican candidate. She was a big 2020 election denier. She had a lot of support for President Trump. Uh, very close race, and they've, they've called it for her, her opponent. Though I still think a week after Election Day as we sit here, they haven't completely finished counting the votes in those races. And uh -huh. that's, that's part of the problem. <coughs> that's what's – if you're younger, if you haven't followed politics, if you haven't followed uh, elections, this might not resonate with you. But this whole deal of not having election results the day of the election – this is not normal. This is not how things have to be. This is not how things should be. Wow. Uh, Florida is uh, not the most populous state in the union, but we're not a small state. Uh, Florida had all of our votes counted and all of our election results on election day. Um, and we're, we're a decent sized state. I can't remember what our population is. 20, 20 million, 30 million, something like that. Let's, uh, let's go to the, the interwebs. But... Um, you know, there's no reason it can't be that way for for other states. Um, there's some activist judges that play a little fast and loose with things, uh, allowing ballots to be counted that come in after the deadline or that are postmarked after the deadline uh, that are or that are dated incorrectly or that are missing information or missing a, a signature. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, like if you screw up your ballot, um, that's that's nature protecting the rest of us from your vote. <laughs> like if you couldn't if you couldn't date it properly then that's just nature keeping your vote from being counted i kind of yeah i'm uh, with you on that i like how you call so, it nature that's so the truth, man. The, uh, now I'll, I'll tell you like florida has early voting and i i early voted i didn't vote on election day i voted on the sunday before having said that i don't think there should be early voting I don't think there should be mail-in voting. I don't think there should be ballot drop boxes. Um, the only I, – I, I, there should be – if there's mail-in voting, there should be specific circumstances. Like certainly for – if you're on the International Space Station, we can work it out. 
Um, if you're deployed military, we, we can figure that out. Um, but just uh, out of convenience, I don't want to go to the polling place. No, I don't think you get a mail-in ballot. Um, I, th I don't see any reason why. Now, I'm in full support of um, Election Day being a, a holiday. Now, the um, part of what, what makes our elections secure, so secure, or, or used to, or, or still does, they'd be less secure than they are, is our electoral system and our electoral college mm -hmm. and the fact that the Constitution very wisely and rightly left a lot of how elections would work to the states. Um, and that's why elections don't necessarily work the same way in Mississippi or uh, Idaho as they do in Florida right. or in New York or in New Jersey or whatever. That makes it really hard. Like there's not just one system that you can hack, right? Um, there's not just one system that you can submit fake ballots to or hack into a, a machine. So it, it adds security to it. There's other great points to, um, the, uh, the electoral college, which, uh, you know, a lot of people want to abolish now, which is a, a horrible idea. Yeah, it ensures that candidates campaign in all 50 States. And <coughs> otherwise they would just campaign in major population centers and, and the rest of us would never see or hear from them. Um, so all kinds of stuff like that. So I don't want to see too many federal mandates about how elections should go, uh, you know, at the federal level. But I'm all for, like, make uh, Election Day uh, a holiday, uh, make it whatever. Like, do whatever you can to accommodate people can go vote on Election Day. Um, I'd, I'd say, like, oh, I can't, uh, I can't afford... Uh, to take a day off work to go vote. Well, one, it doesn't take like eight hours to vote. <laughs> um, sure, it might take a little longer if everybody's going in person. But, hey, if everybody's going in person, um, then we can plan for that and we can have more polling stations. Um, but I would be all for, I would be all for um, a tax credit if where you you get something at the polling place once you've voted that verifies the date and time that you voted and you can submit that with your taxes when you submit them and you'll get a, a whatever, a hundred dollar tax credit, a $150 tax credit. So you're not giving up a, a minimum level of income to be able to go vote that day. Yeah. I'm with that. Uh, I don't fully support that because again, you can probably find, I mean, open the polls longer. Let's keep the polls open from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. instead of 7 to 7 or something. You can find time to, to go vote and still get to work. But whatever, incentivize, uh, you know, make it as little a hardship as possible. But all the voting should take place uh, on one day. It should all be in person. You should be able to, you should have to prove who you are. You should have to be uh, a citizen. And they should all all be counted that day. I mean, it's so simple in Florida now. Part of the thing is, uh, you know, with the election of George W. Bush and the fiasco that that was in Florida with the hanging chads and everything else, Florida very clearly decided, hey, we're we're not going to be the laughing stock anymore. Um, and it's it's very very efficient. I mean, you have a specific, basically scantron type ballot that you're just bubbling in. It goes you personally feed it into the machine that counts it and tabulates it, and then it retains the physical ballot.
for any confirmation or revotes, and then the the counts and the numbers are just instantaneous. Um, how mail in ballots and that stuff get handled, I I don't know. I, I assume it's a similar format where they're just feeding it into uh, the machine when they receive it. But there's just no reason not to have election results the day of. It's so and sketchy. The, the problem. Well, the the problem is, and this is a concept, you know, coming from a, a Christian worldview that that you and I are quite familiar with, is even if there's nothing fishy going on, even if they're following election law in their state, all the ballots are legit, all all the whatever, it it's that room for funny business. Right. It's let's avoid the appearance of evil. Hey, you say n- nothing funny's going on. Okay. Roger that. But let's remove all doubt. Let's remove all doubt. And right. then you don't have to deal with this garbage. Right. Then we don't have to, to deal with or, or or worry about election deniers, not in any way that anyone would possibly take seriously. But it does seem, uh, admittedly, I haven't researched this. So if if somebody has data that contradicts this point, send it to me. I'll, I'll correct myself on social media or I'll correct myself on, on a future episode. But I, I, I don't I'm not aware of a situation where they've taken longer to find to, to count ballots where the conservative candidate has won that race. Really? Now again, I'm not talking about like Bush v. Gore where it took like 20 days and it went to the Supreme Court. That was a different deal. That wasn't this. That was a, a bad balloting system with those hanging chads and very thorough manual recounts with two people looking from one from each side, looking at every ballot, and there's lawyers. That isn't this stuff that's going on. Right. This is this is where, like, um, you know, regions are receiving mail-in ballots, but they're not counting them as they come in. They wait till Election Day, and then they start, or... Uh, a judge extends the the period for for whatever reason. There was a period. Arizona had very very close elections in the Senate race, uh, and in the the governorship. And there there were issues with their voting machines. There were there were very long lines. There were a period of times during the day where people weren't certain their votes were being counted. Um, you know, and it's just like you got to do everything you can to remove any appearance of evil from those situations. And again, that's why like it needs to be in person. You need to prove who you are. You need to be a citizen in good standing. Um, So there's no funny business. So it's not, Oh, somebody pulled my mail in ballot out of my mailbox and they submitted it as me or uh, somebody came around and they offered me money to, uh, they'll help me fill out my ballot and I'll get a gift card. Or, or whatever, it just, <clears throat> the ballot harvesting, all that stuff goes away when you know every single ballot was cast by a, an individual in person and somebody verified who that person is. And uh, it's just so deeply cynical and honestly racist to float the argument against that, that, oh, just these poor, impoverished people, they're... They don't have IDs and they, they can't figure out, they're not smart enough to figure out how to get IDs and blah, blah, like. No, I, how, making, is that actually the position of anybody ever? Oh, 100%. 100%. I'm like, I'm like speechless. I've not heard that position. Yeah. 
And oh. who do you know? Who do you know? Who have you ever met that didn't have an ID? I mean, I'm I'm troubled right now. <laughs> I'm so. I mean, I, I I've watched videos, probably Prager you, uh, that I've seen recently, oh, where they're the worst. They're oh. Now again. Um, well, prior you videos are fantastic. I'm kidding. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, you know, and again, you can, when you're doing man on the street stuff, you can edit out any response that wasn't what you wanted. Right. So 100% grain of salt, you know, but they're, they're asking, you know, like Caucasian college kids on a campus about requiring ID to vote. And largely the take is, oh, well, I think it's pretty racist and I think it suppresses the minority vote and whatever. And then uh, they go to like majority African-American neighborhood and they're like, hey, what do you guys think about this? Um, and they're all shocked. Like, of course I have an ID. Of course I have an ID on me. Of course everyone I know has an ID. Um, it just seems like if you are wanting to ensure safe and accurate and fair elections, that verifying that the person casting the ballot is who they say they are and that they're eligible to vote, that seems like the minimum requirement to me. The minimum. Oh, man. I, I didn't even know. It seems like such a minimum that I'm shocked it was ever even considered something that yes. shouldn't be required. Yes. What? What, what, what functioning that 18 or above, you know, year old? I, I just don't know. Uh, and so that's, that's where, that's where we're at. Okay. Well, I'm not happy with where we're at, but, yeah. uh, now I have long said, I have long said, um, <laughs> this I'll take some heat for, but if you make me King for a day, now there's all kinds of things I would do, but if you make me King for a day, the change that I would love to see to voting eligibility is that you must be a net tax payer by one penny. But if you don't have skin in the game, I don't think you should be able to vote yourself money out of the public treasury. If, you are, if you're not contributing, if you're only taking, I don't believe you should be able to have the ability to vote yourself more public funds. It's very, very interesting how you say you'd get heat for that. I mean, and I can see how. I, I mean, I can see you know the position people would take on that. Say that. Oh, it's you want? Oh, you want to disenfranchise poor people? No, 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 no. I do not. Um, I want them to contribute to the system that they want a say in. Um, and you can say, oh, there, there's ways to contribute other than than financial. Yeah, but what they get back is financial. So this isn't even me saying turn off all welfare. We can have that conversation on a on another podcast or all government aid or um, all kinds of government agencies shouldn't exist. This isn't even that conversation. I I'm just saying that if you want to vote, I believe that you should be a net taxpayer in any in any amount, something north of zero. Uh, to me, I, I just, I, I don't know. Like, now that you're saying that to me, you're, that only makes sense now to me. But I feel like, why would that be? A, I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, like, that makes perfect sense to me. Yes. Well, it's it's <coughs> it's not a new concept, uh, but there is. Am I missing something uh, here? 
there is a, there is a quote. I don't know who or when to attribute it to. Might have been Greece, might have been Rome, might be more recent. But uh, the quote is something along the lines of, uh, democracy only lasts until the public realizes that they can vote themselves money from the treasury. Uh. <laughs> now, now, um, unlike many people who are elected officials in our government, I'm aware that we are not a democracy, and that is on purpose. Uh, we are a democratic constitutional republic. We are a republic that functions on democratic principles, but we're not a democracy because direct democracy is mob rule, and that doesn't work well. So we're a representative republic. We're a constitutional republic. That constitution is there to protect the rights of the minority. Uh, that's not minority in race. That's minority in, you know, political or social belief. Uh -huh. so certain certain minority beliefs are protected by our constitution. Uh, that said, that we operate on principles of democracy. We're, uh, we're subject to that, that same concept of democracy only lasts until the public realizes that they can vote themselves money from the treasury. Um, and if you're not paying into the treasury, uh, then you're much more likely to vote money out of it. Yeah, and that seems like an easy way to have a lot of people take a lot of advantage of things. I don't know, man. No, it won't happen. I don't think it should be federally mandated if it were to happen. But state by I state. Would think, yeah, I, I think it should happen state by state. There would be a massive uproar. People would compare it to restricting voting to landowners and whatever. I, hey, rent your apartment, lease your car. I don't care. But if you want to vote, you should have skin in the game. That's all. That's all. Now, I, I would make exceptions for um, if, uh, say, you're uh, in the military. Okay. <coughs> Maybe you're serving in a, in a legitimate first responder public service role. Uh, we paint a little too broad a brush now with those things. But right. Police, fire, rescue, those types of things. Um, and, and hey, let's make sure that there's uh, a pathway to, to service that's, that you're not, you don't have to put yourself in harm's way. Say, okay, I'm not a net taxpayer, but I, I do this. Okay, you can, you can vote. <laughs> I'm in the military. Okay, you can vote. Okay, for whatever, for, for whatever reason. Um, now, this also leads to, like, our tax. Nobody should be, like, if you're a citizen, you, you shouldn't be. Well, again, I mean, there's entire other episodes within this conversation right. about, you know, income tax at all and how the federal government uh, should derive its funds and, and whatever. And, and then, you know, conversations before those even happen just about our tax code and how convoluted it is and how people can end up uh, being negative taxpayers where yeah. not only are they not contributing, but they're, they're taking money out. Um <clears throat> which is part of just how convoluted our tax code is. And that's intentional. That it's convoluted is so that politicians can punish enemies and reward friends and, uh, you know, all those sorts of things. There, there's no reason for the tax. If we're going to have an income tax, it shouldn't be particularly complicated. It ought to fit on a page or two, but it doesn't. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah, tax code ought to be a page or two. It ought to either be a, a flat tax or something very close to it. Everybody pays the same percentage. 
um, or it ought to be a, a consumption tax. So we're going to write our we're going to write our tax code that complicated, but then we're going to get mad at the thought of requiring IDs to vote. No, it has to be it has to be simpler than that. <laughs> okay. I, I, you think of all the things you can't do, Dude, without IDs. You cannot do anything. Like but there's plenty of places you can you can vote. Um, think, think about, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if you've ever purchased firearm. I have, um, you know, despite all of the fear mongering around gun show loopholes and, and all that garbage, you had to jump through a lot of hoops. Right. Um, you absolutely have to prove who you are. Um, there's paperwork, there's background checks, um, all that stuff. Um, elected officials have killed far more people, far more people than publicly owned, privately owned firearms in America. Uh, but I can, I can go decide who's going to be in office without presenting my ID. It doesn't check out. Lovely, 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 lovely. It's been a while, but I don't think you could rent from Blockbuster without ID. I mean, once you had your, your member card, but you had to show some ID to get that bad boy. <sighs> C- couldn't, couldn't rent Back to the Future on VHS without proving who I was. But, but. you can find <laughs> Oh man, I don't know. These, these these crazy embarrassing facts about systems that should be really important <laughs> kind of drive me insane to be honest with you. If I think about them too much. Yeah. All the more reason listeners for you to visit solid7podcast.com, solid the number 7 podcast.com. Click the link for the Tuttle Twins. And even though it's materials designed for for children and and tweens, you buy it and you read it cuz I promise you'll learn things. And you'll get so mad at the state of our country and the size of our government that you'll you want to change things and then pass them along and tell other people to buy through my link. And, uh, you know, the, the podcast gets a little love. And, uh, you know, we all get to uh, broaden the concepts of uh, freedom and liberty and good governance and good economics. It's that's so, win, win, win in the uh, wise words of Michael Scott. Win, win, win. Uh, we've, uh, John, we've, uh, traveled from Hasbala to, uh, to a three foot four Dagestani social media star yeah. to, uh, to election law. Yeah, man. And, and everything in between, man. <laughs> oh my goodness. Where, where, tell me where listener you get this anywhere else such a crazy wide variety you have on here when i when i you know think about whatever i bring to the table whatever crumbs right compared to a voice actor you know compared to just i mean it's just crazy it's crazy the variety of content but i love how there's still the the media i guess like the um i don't know i guess the uh the equalizer maybe or the, the the commonality in all of it is you know your understanding of of these things and it kind of all meets together in the middle. You know what I mean? It's kind of got this flavor to it. Can't put my finger on it though. It's like government, uh, laws, politics, kind of, but not really too much history, uh, physical, you know, things like rucking and jujitsu. It's, I don't know. There, there's some, I, you can't really put it in a box, which I guess is a good thing, but I love it. And on top of all that, Potentially, for a very short period of time, the most powerful rocket in the history of the world is going to launch in uh, about uh, five hours as you and I sit here right now. 
and we didn't even talk about it. Will I mean, you gaze? Will now. you gaze upon it this evening? I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. It's a it's a pretty historic moment. I don't know if any of these will ever fly again. We'll see how this program uh, of NASA's goes, especially with uh, Starship uh, from SpaceX getting closer and closer to orbital flight. Um, they uh, they did a test fire of the booster for Starship uh, yesterday. Uh, they test fired 14 of their 33 Raptor 2 engines that are on the booster. And just firing those 14, m- less than half of the engines on the booster made it the most powerful uh, test firing in SpaceX's history up to and including Falcon Heavy, and it was less than half the engines. Um, that thing is going to be a beast. But until it flies, uh, SLS is on uh, the pad, 39B, out at uh, Kennedy. As we talk, this will have already happened, maybe. They've scrubbed a couple times already uh, by the time you're listening to this. But uh, it's been a long time since I've seen something with giant solid rocket boosters fly. Uh, there's nothing else like it, and uh, I I intend to be somewhere over near the Space Coast this evening to watch. I'm trying to decide how or if one or both of my children can be with me and if that's responsible parenting. Because it's the launch window is from like 1.04 a.m. to like 3.40 a.m., somewhere in there. Well, as long as the car is cozy for them to snooze in, you know, yeah. temperature checked and everything. So- well, we'll see, but for sure, if it goes up, we'll we'll probably talk a little bit more about it on uh, on next week's episode. We'll we'll update you. Who knows? Maybe I'll maybe I'll fire up an Instagram live while I'm out there. If anybody's awake at one a.m., if I'm somehow awake yeah. at one a.m., I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hop on there, man. <laughs> yeah, it should be something to see. So I mean, it's the the solid rocket boosters on this thing are bigger than the solid rocket boosters were on the shuttle, uh, and then the. Uh, the core, the main stage, uh, is actually powered by shuttle engines, uh, but four of them instead of three of them. Yeah. These are actually all four of the engines on it, the RS-25 engines on it, uh, are previously flown on shuttle missions, the ones that are on the rocket right now. That's so, so cool. I love yeah, that. Kind of. It'd be cooler if it wasn't way over budget and eight years late, but yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, uh, it's all just so mind-blowing to me. It yeah. really is. Like, the fact that people, yeah. you know, this is their day in and day out, their jobs, and I mean, imagine being Elon too. Like, I don't even, not that he's so involved, right? But like, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool stuff. It's, uh, you know, if we, if we don't destroy the whole world, uh, with a a nuclear war, it's a cool time to, to be alive, you know, if we don't, other than, you know, inflation and pandemics and, but well, Hey man, we've covered a lot of ground. I got a rocket to to watch tonight and some kids to get in bed or not. Do your thing. I appreciate you stopping by as always. Thank you for having me. We'll try and try and hit that 13 week mark next time. If not, uh, if not a little sooner, we'll see where, uh, where the cards fall. But uh, appreciate always a good time, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Listeners appreciate and love you too. As always for tuning in, sticking with us. If you would, please, please. Stop by the website, solid7podcast.com, solid7podcast.com, where you can always find links to the latest episodes, including, uh, you know, the one you listen to right now. But uh, links to all of our affiliates, GoRuck, Origin, uh, USA, Jocko Fuel, 
Tuttle Twins, all all great things at all of those places. And uh, every purchase at all of them uh, helps the podcast out a little bit. You can buy us a Jocko Go uh, on there, uh, which is kind of cool. Links to all of our social media where I will just be posting just fire reels for you <laughs> to enjoy. So uh, Instagram, Twitter, which I might be posting to you more now that Elon owns it. Twitter's been a lot of fun over the last week or two. Um, but uh, all that stuff's on there. And of course, if you want to listen to these recordings live, you want some bonus content, uh, you want a solid seven mug, click that link to Patreon and become a Patreon supporter. Um, listen, you'll get more bang for your buck out of it than a ticket to a Marvel movie phase four. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, so uh, amen to that and as we already covered in this podcast if nothing else hit that follow button hit that subscribe button give us a like give us a thumbs up uh, five stars leave a review all those things uh, help tell the algorithm that people need to know about the seven solid podcast which in fact they do so all that on the website and uh, until then John fans love you Catch you on the flippity flip. Peace. The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GORUCK. GORUCK designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet, tested and proven at thousands of GORUCK events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GORUCK brand stands for building better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GORUCK link to learn more about their gear and events and a portion of every purchase and every event registration you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. Mm-hmm.